Dusty and I have been playing at open mics in Porterville. Uh, cool. Dusty, Dusty's been drumming. I've been singing. And we got uh, my buddy Sebastian plays guitar. There's. I was about to say just drums and vocals, huh? That's weird. Uh, yeah, we're 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 real pioneers. <laughs> we're we're, we're laying our own way. That's but, that's new. That's new. I like it. Uh, we were yeah. taking his drum set out, and I was like, "Holy shit! I could not be a drummer." Like I was just oh. making fun of him the whole time, and he's like, "Yeah, dude, but think of all the girls that you get. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> the drummer gets the least girls." Yeah. <laughs> no, because yeah. and we and we discussed because all the rest of the band is go is out talking to the girls while the drummer's putting all this shit away. Yeah. For an I can't even stand having a drummer because then I feel bad and I have to help them with their shit. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I, I, this whole conversation happened while I was helping Dusty put yeah, on. But there's stuff. times I'm seriously like, I don't want to hurt my wrists carrying <laughs> your shit before I go play my guitar. <laughs> well, the thing is, I maybe I'm di- maybe I'm different as the as the drummer that I am, but like I don't expect anyone to help me because I am aware of oh, no, what I get a pain it, yeah. that it is. Like I wish I could play guitar, but anytime someone showed me like three chords as soon as they turn around it just falls out of my brain yeah like i have no idea what to do and so i was telling uh uh andrew's dad's girlfriend like drums at the very basic level are very easy like this dude starts drumming and i just go like okay well that's in this time and then i can just play along with yeah. it like yeah, yeah it's not fancy maybe it's not right maybe i don't hit all the whatevers but technic like technically it can sound the way it's supposed to sound you know oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. That's I, the I'm, part. I'm i'm in awe of anybody that can move their limbs separate of each other so i'm like <laughs> like i'll sit behind a drum kit and i can do a simple boom boom cap, boom 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 cap, or something like that but the second i throw anything in it falls <laughs> apart like a like a runaway train dude rock band drums fucking taught me how to do it Oh, I always kind of wanted to check that out. It it did. It, it like obviously I can't like it, I'm not a drummer now. You know what I mean? So it doesn't like fully teach you how to do it, but like I can do some drum fills sometimes and like I can get it takes me a little bit to get into like in this uh the swing of things, but I can actually do the bass drum and shit like at the proper I bet, time I and bet stuff. seeing the notes coming it helps know, a lot. And, and knowing that you're going to, you know, you got to hit that. And plus, it's just yeah. reps on reps, and you don't need you're not banging something. It's plastic. It's still annoying because it's like yeah. tap 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 yeah. tap 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 for <laughs> yeah. hours. Like it's terrible. Well, but and the, an- the analog is almost closer. Like the the journey from rock band drums to real drums is much easier than like I was really good at rock band guitar. I can't play real guitar for shit. Yeah, it's a whole but different story. It's, it's just five buttons and i'm aware that that is not all the chords that you would have to play to right play right drums, but i'm just like all right well that's blue and that's yellow and that's whatever and you can see you could see the rhythm so i'm like okay well that's a triplet so then that's whatever like yeah. that's much easier but if you just handed me like i'll i'll 100 say it ain't so on rock band but if you handed me a real guitar i don't know the first chord to that song whereas yeah. like if you can coordinate your limbs even on rock band which is not the same as playing real drums it does it's an easier path oh yeah to get there yeah it's and it it at least teaches you the control of your body and how to think about like uh the bass pedal is the biggest thing because like anybody can play music can go yeah but the fills getting your foot to do stuff while you're doing stuff up top yeah never tell you guys about the 
I, I swear we'll get to the wrestling. So oh, you're yeah. good. You're good. I ever tell you guys about I was we recording. went 30 minutes before the wrestling in the last podcast. We're oh, not okay. going to go that long this time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was recording. I used to record bands to get good at recording myself. And um, I was recording these uh, teenagers and they were in what I would call a dad band. And uh, <laughs> one of those bands that is run by an old man that does, that didn't make it, that had oh, a few kids and decided actually, he I won't say wh- who it was, but one of the bands that we mentioned earlier is now a dad band. Oh, interesting. Um, okay, so yeah, yeah actually, yeah, yeah, right. you know what? Yeah, it just hits you. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, it is. God damn Andrew. it. Um, Go so yeah, I have been kind of shaking my head at that band. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, this dad band was run by this dad. He was like the manager. He, I, I literally watched this man. These kids like the lead singer played guitar also and he broke a string at a show and in front of like at least 30 people there there weren't that many people at the show but it was it was a crowd enough in front of 30 people his dad like got in front of him. he's like i told you to change your string before the show see this is what happens and you know like just like cursing his, his he's like I'm sorry dad i didn't have time dad <laughs> and he's like this next song is called you know <laughs> this, this song is called jerry's a real piece of shit <laughs> but dad's One, two, an asshole yeah uh, so like i'm recording this band and sure enough dad is present for the whole thing and uh, he, he usually would leave the room, but he was listening the whole time. And uh, there was this part that the drummer couldn't get. It was like double bass, had a lot of double bass and a lot of stuff going on up top. And uh, every time we get to that part during drum tracks, he'd just fall apart. And I'm like, well, we could punch you in. So we tried that. That didn't work. He still just couldn't get the double bass. He couldn't get his feet to cooperate that day. His dad hears that we're struggling, comes in the room. He's like, so what am I hearing? You can't fucking do that part. And his dad, he's like, he's like, dad, I'm sorry, man. It's just not happening today. And I'm, I even looked at him. I'm like, yeah, this happens, man. Like there's some days I can't play, you know, it's just, I, you know, I'm sure you've seen your son play this part. I'm like today, it's a lot of pressure on him. You know, you're putting pressure on him. I'm like, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and he's like, oh, here's some pressure for you. And he, he was about to buy his son a truck. And he was like, if I'm going to leave for an hour to go to the grocery store. And when I come back, if I don't, if Jacob doesn't push play and that part's down on tape, you're not getting your truck. Jesus Christ. He he started crying. He's like, dad, don't, you know, and he's just like, yo, you heard me. So, dude, he leaves, slams the door and we look at each other like, what the fuck are we going to do? Like, and (laughs) because like I felt bad. I'm like, it's kind of on me to get this kid his truck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, proxy, you're now you're now responsible. You gotta start yeah. being mean to the kid to be like, look, yeah. you can't have this on my conscience for the rest of my life. You yeah. need to trust. So I said, Do you have any mallets? And they were like, Yeah, sure. Why? And I was like, Give me the mallets. And we I, I had somebody else <laughs> that at the mixing board. I got myself underneath his drum kit to where I've got mallets on his bass drum. And he, we push record and he plays the top part while I'm going. Brr, 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 brr. <laughs> yeah. And it worked. And, and we fucking got it. And, and his dad came back and he's like, great job, son. I'm going to get you your first tank of gas, too. <laughs> wait, wait till he has to play. Wait till he has to play it live. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That wasn't on me. That hey, wasn't on that's me. not your problem. Yeah. That's how they recorded Hot for Teacher. 
So better you're, go, you're better go home go. and practice, bitch. <laughs> that's, that's why it sounds like shit. I, I love Hopper Teacher. I love Van Halen, but hey, their their kick, his kick drum, especially on that record, sounds like paper. Yeah. And uh, and that intro part, like, there's no fucking. There's no, there's no rhythm. Until yeah, there's no hit. pattern to that. Yeah, until you know, he hits just, the the double crash that yeah it sounds like me flailing on a kick drum for the first on a double yeah. bass for the first time i'm just like guys what yeah but it's all <laughs> like it's all overdubs do you like and, that and like, yeah and it's yeah i've seen i saw, I saw randomly i saw van halen live because uh, cool. some dude i knew yeah he had a ticket and he's like do you want to go see halen. van halen I was, was like, it halen or hagar it was van halen it was, uh, but uh, with uh wolfgang playing bass oh hey that's fine wolfgang's an amazing bass player yeah so uh just some dude i knew was like hey i got an extra ticket to van halen you want to go and i was like uh sure i guess (laughs) yeah like i don't love van halen but i'll go watch i can uh, i can appreciate the artistry and they don't even do that hot for teacher thing at the beginning that whole double bass intro they just just scrap it yeah yeah (laughs) and then they come in with the like the double crash when he starts doing the like shuffle which is still incredibly difficult alex van halen oh dude no hey he's so good but i don't most of their songs i could give or take i don't care but listening to their musicianship i do get into Uh, and that song that humans being song from the twister soundtrack chef's kiss beautiful song (laughs) best solo eddie van halen ever put down twister gave us just so much shit you know what i mean they gave gave us us Give us did. more than we ever deserved, you know. Oh, we got man. a pinball machine. You ever played oh. a twister pinball machine? Yeah, you did. No, you did. <laughs> no, I don't think I did. Uh, it gave Come us on, dude. everybody. It gave us uh uh food that I there's two podcasts in a row that I mentioned that. Yeah. Uh the Philip Seymour Hoffman. Hoffman. And it gave us uh oh we got sisters and then uh oh my god, we got cows. <laughs> <laughs> A, and then that's like, it hit their house and then they miss this other house and then come straight for your house yeah and that eddie van halen solo that's so much i'm serious that's like a three minute wind. solo it's so good yeah it's not and, that long well and yeah again it's like he's they're so technically good that it like doesn't really matter that i don't love a bunch of their songs i could still be do I want to go see the guy who's maybe the best electric guitar player for a popular rock band of all time? Yeah, I definitely want to do that. Glad you did it before he croaked, dude. I wish I could. Yeah, yeah. for free, I will certainly go. Fuck yeah, he's probably the most. No, I was gonna say, never mind. Freddie Mercury, the most famous guy with like the thumb sucking teeth. Eddie Van Halen, because he's got the teeth of somebody who sucked <laughs> his thumb when he was a kid. And I, I, but Freddie Mercury really fucking takes the cake. And that was a big ass thumb that he was sucking. <laughs> might not have been sucking a thumb. That there. might be <laughs> true. Ah, what we know about old Fred. <laughs> he liked the lads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He couldn't, if he was on Zoom right now, if he, he'd be, he'd have to sit further from the screen than we are because his teeth would be touching the, the webcam. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. He keeps saying. <laughs> Apparently, what gave him that amazing singing voice? All them extra teeth. All them extra teeth. It's yeah, it's acoustic. That'll do man. it. Have you ever seen a yeah. cathedral? Yeah, it gives the wind something to travel. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like a like a old church organ he had going yeah, like, on there. There were birds the, living in them. That's the perfect pitch. Is uh, you got to get it whistling through all those extra teeth. <laughs>
I bet he could like do that thing where he put his fingers in his mouth and whistled real good. Oh yeah. man, you could hear it from Texas. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. If a, you're somewhere other than Texas, even <laughs> that's at least three towns over. He's yeah. got a three towns over range. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you guys ever gotten free tickets to something and still been disappointed? <clears throat> Uh, I got free tickets to see Kanye West at, Sp- at Staples Center and uh, oh. a, a Kendrick Lamar opened with him for him. And it was sick. It was a really good show. Like Kanye's set was awesome. And like uh, Kendrick was obviously cool. And Kanye, it was the, the tour where was he was the, coming the out. The stage was floating over you? No, that would have been sick. Oh, he okay. made a giant mountain <laughs> in, the, in the Staples Center. And then there was a catwalk that went out into the crowd. And uh, he has a song called Black Skinhead. And while, while that song has a part where it goes, wong, 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 wong. And he did it in the middle of the set. And he's standing on the edge of his catwalk. And uh, at that part, the the catwalk started bobbing up and down like that at the end. And he, it, it was the tour where he uh, would wear the re- a really reflective mask while he was singing part of it. And there's a, a really intense beam of light across the catwalk and he's standing next to it and he just puts his head forward like that. And it just shoots light all over the, the Staples Center. So uh, you asked if anybody was ever disappointed. I wasn't disappointed in any of that. Uh, we were we were in, a, in really cool seats, like a balcony high up in the Staples Center. But everything echoed so much you couldn't understand a word anybody was saying. So like, uh, but it's because that sucks because I went and saw Kanye West. You want to see a Kanye rant because he just rants like he'll just start talking and uh, with ec- with a bunch of reverb reverb on his yeah. points. And uh, he did one. He did more than one, obviously. And uh, we didn't understand a word he said. So that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Have you ever gotten- oh, I was going to say mine was ironically to a wrestling show. Oh, uh, I got free tickets to a wrestling show because mostly with with music, even if it's a band that I don't care about or I don't like, there's something fun to be had in like going to see a live band or like as a musician, being able to see other musicians do the like do that thing or even finding something out. Like I learned Jimmy Eat World is an incredibly good live band. Yeah. I did not know that that was the case. I've seen them uh, twice. I disagree. Oh well, maybe it's just maybe <laughs> Jacob, it was just good when I saw them. Jacob, but, you, you and I saw them at yeah. at St. Martin Center. They were good that night. Were they? Yeah, we were. We we, we discussed I, how good I, they were that I, night. Did we? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, was did Taking Back Sunday play at that show? No. no. Okay. That was them in Green Day. I, I saw them with Taking Back Sunday, uh, and at the same venue probably. And I thought they were they were much better than I anticipated that they were going to be. So maybe it's still on a sliding scale, but I, I thought they were very Listen, good. We'll, so we'll go straight to the middle. They're okay. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? <laughs> right, okay. right in the middle, but right, um, right in the middle. The there middle. you go. Huh? You didn't do that on purpose. You didn't do the big song in the middle. You know what I mean? No. It you just takes some you... time, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I went and saw a wrestling show. Cause that's their big think... song is the middle. <laughs> I have no. my highest critiques. Sorry. Or wrestling and it was just a terrible episode of wrestling it was for it was for tv so they just shot a bunch of interviews and it was all angles and there was no good matches and i was so mad at the end of it because we had box seats somebody i knew got free box seats to it so it's the best it's the it's the best view i've ever had watching wrestling while also watching the wrestling i was the least interested in seeing what organization was it it was for wwf it was a monday night raw oh shit yeah 
but it was like terrible. My cup but of not, tea. Not a good time was had, huh? I know. I well, was very the, frustrated. I. It's funny you bring it up because, like, I thought a few things about the 1992 Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and not a good, not a good. It's gonna be very that. interesting. So let's 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 drop that theme song really quick so we can get into this. Uh, Welcome to Snark Marks, everybody. We are a wrestling retrospective podcast from the Central Valley of California. Uh, my name is Andrew Idell. By now, you probably know who I am. Or I mean, it'd be weird if you didn't. But uh, what's up, guys? Uh, this is my my life mate, Dusty. Uh, he's the there Schwab. He he's the uh, the Encyclopedia Booty Manica. He knows everything about wrestling uh, that uh, that I don't, and that's a lot of things. So um, we have a wrestling podcast of which you are listening and uh we we've done a few seasons uh we did 1997 in wrestling and we did the best and worst of vince russo we've done some one-offs uh listen to our intro podcast it lets it lets you know how we know each other what we know about wrestling and uh why we started this whole shebang a bang uh follow us on the socials at snark marks pod on instagram and twitter follow dusty at smart snark mark d uh, don't worry about following me. You're fine. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube and then, uh, uh, follow my brother, Jacob at Jacob Cotner. Um, his band, That's anything or everything with one T yes. Uh, <laughs> his band, anything or everything. They've made a bunch of music. You can find it in a lot of different places. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hear some stuff eventually again. Uh, and then we'll, we'll put it out and let you know. Um, and he is here because, uh, we just wanted to talk to him. We we have uh we we are here today to honor a wrestling god in my opinion me Bobby, oh yeah no oh, Jacob <laughs> oh Jacob Jacob the wrestling god uh no <clears throat> I uh love Bobby Heenan very much we mentioned Bobby Heenan last week we were laughing at some a few things that he said uh when in the Shawn Michaels matches that we were doing uh the Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels matches we were doing and uh, Dusty suggested we do. Bobby Heenan's uh, arguably his greatest performance ever. Um, the, his, his most probably his most highly regarded performance ever in a, on a pay-per-view dusty. Is that proper? Yeah. I think for like a one-off from bell to bell. Yeah. This is uh, his greatest single performance. Like if yeah. you're going to just listen to him do one thing, he's probably got better jokes or better segments and other things. But I think as one encapsulated piece, this is the best Bobby Heenan. Yeah. So this is the uh, the Royal Rumble 1992. Uh, this is uh, there's there's some pretty cool matches on this one. We've got uh, Roddy Piper um, is facing off uh, for the title um, against the uh, the Mountie. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I think I might like the Mountie, but we'll get to that match. Uh, but we've got that. We've obviously obviously got the Royal Rumble match. There is a. Uh, there's a laud match being the, the for the for the for the tag titles. 
Um, and Bobby Heenan only cares about the fact that uh, goddamn Ric Flair is in the Royal Rumble and he's super nervous about it the entire time. <laughs> I think he had a really big bet. Yeah. yeah. Like he was like, I'm going to put it all. He was drunk one night, putting it all on Flair. Yeah. The house, the car, everything. I'll put my children on Flair for this match. Yeah. Uh, Dusty sent me some uh, some supplemental material beforehand, uh, just some delightful uh, kind of montages of Bobby Heenan's work. Uh, Jacob, I sent you the Hall of Fame tribute video that they did. Fantastic. Uh, my favorite part of any of them was so him and gorilla monsoon god damn it monsoon sorry <laughs> I, every time i talk about gorilla monsoon i have to do my jesse ventura um him and gorilla monsoon are sitting by a big ass uh, a pool at some like big estate somewhere or like a hotel or something and it's supposed uh, to be bobby heenan's house well uh <laughs> well but i think it's supposed to be what it is like because Monsoon's like, we're here at and Bobby Heenan's like, no, let me tell him where we are. We're here at my palatial estate in Beverly Hills. And Monsoon's like, no, we're not. <laughs> I believe Bobby Heenan. So. Yeah. You know what? I, yeah, I, I'd like to think it was his palatial estate in Beverly Hills. Um, so, Dusty, did you uh, do a little bit of a bio on Mr. Heenan? I did. Um, the problem is. Did you a, throw this one away, too? No, <laughs> it's long. I don't know how long I should go with it um, because he had like a 50 year career yeah. uh, in wrestling. So it's hard to uh, put that into a small context, um, but we can go over some highlights. Yeah, you can. Uh, just, you know what, Dusty, just try your best. You know what I mean? Okay. I, appreciate I appreciate that. that. Thank you. I'll, <laughs> let, I'll let you know if you go over the line. Yeah. I'll get my <laughs> sorry for anybody's ears who's listening. <laughs> we'll have a practice test. Yeah. yeah. Go. <laughs> so we are today we are discussing the great Bobby the Brain Heenan, who was born Raymond Lewis Heenan on November 1st, 1944 in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, and he dropped out of school at the eighth grade uh, to support his mother and grandmother by becoming not a pro wrestler, but he started getting into the wrestling business at around that age, carrying bags and jackets for wrestlers and selling concessions at the live events near his home in Chicago and in Indianapolis. So his wrestling career begins proper in 1961 when he started working for Dick the Bruisers regional Indianapolis based promotion, the WWA as pretty boy, Bobby Heenan, uh, where he was both a wrestler and a manager even though he never trained to be a wrestler and Bobby Heenan, we don't get to see it here uh, because he had a pretty bad neck injury uh, in the eighties, but he was a really good wrestler as well as uh, being the best manager. So his first big break was managing blackjack Lanza, uh, which made him one of the top heels in the country. He was so good as a manager that Sam Mushnick, who's a pro wrestling legend uh, as a promoter, uh, actually brought him into the territory that he ran in St. Louis, even though Mushnick generally hates wrestling managers. So uh, his most famous run before the WWF actually came with Nick Bockwinkle in the AWA, which was another regional promotion uh, out of Minneapolis, uh, where he first started the Heenan family, which is a group of heels that he manages. Uh, he was so good that in 1975, Somebody tried to shoot Bobby Heenan uh, in Chicago after that he son of a bitch. You tell <laughs> me where that person is. He interfered in one of Nick Bockwinkel's matches, and a fan got so mad he tried to shoot Bobby Heenan <laughs> with a gun. 
Oh, I thought oh. he was in an illegal tobacco ring. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he also became the first manager uh, in 1975 to have both the world heavyweight champion and the tag team champions in his stable of wrestlers. So he stayed mostly with the NW or with the AWA until 1984, where he left to go to the WWF. But he's the only wrestler who left Vern Gagne's promotion who gave proper notice because Bobby Heenan is a delightful human being. You were supposed to give six weeks notice and nobody did except for Bobby Heenan. That's, listen, I, 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 I love the man. I love yeah. whatever he does. Whatever he does turns to gold. Unless we find out he did something terrible. I have to say that about everybody that we yeah. talk about. We love on this show. I'm like, but, everything that I currently know about this guy makes me think he's amazing. Yeah. But, so, but for now, respect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, Heenan joins the WWF in 1984 and begins managing Big John Studd in a feud against Andre the Giant. Is uh, he a before... porn star? Is Big John Studd a porn star? <laughs> no, he's just big. Uh, as far as I know. Should have there's been. there's listen there i'm gonna look him up from the 80s this is, this, this is a dangerous google search i'm about to put up yeah. <laughs> no don't uh, do it so <laughs> i'm not gonna put it on the screen <laughs> uh heenan reforms the heenan family and uh has a rotating cast of wrestlers uh such as haku the barbarian rick rude king kong bundy the brain busters and famously he's the manager of andre the giant whenever Andre takes on Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania three in the biggest wrestling match uh, in history up to that point. So uh, in the eighties in the WWF, he was equally successful leading the brain busters and the colossal connection to WWF tag team reigns and Rick rude and Mr. Perfect to reigns as the intercontinental champion. Although he was never able to manage a WWF heavyweight champion. So he, he had all the big foils for Hogan, but none of his guys ever beat Hulk Hogan, which is why he hates Hulk Hogan so much. Well, probably. that's why I hate Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Like the man stinks. He won't lose yeah. to fucking anybody. Yeah. So oh, when I put when I put Andre to the to the canvas, brother, he was 950 pounds, brother. That night I got a text. I got a text from Jesus, brother. He said, <laughs> Hulkster, that's the most inspirational thing I've ever seen. I said, oh, Jay, man, don't worry about it, brother. I'm going to show Metallica this weekend. You want to go? He's like, I got a text. I got a text. And then I was like, what the fuck is a text? It's 1983. <laughs> Listen, I invented the text, brother. You didn't know. It was me and Jeff Bezos and Steve Jobs. And John AT&T. We're sitting yeah. in a room, brother. <laughs> so uh, after he his last managing gig was with Mr. Perfect, uh, and he retired from managing in 1991 and takes over full time as a color commentator which he had been doing uh, for some of the main shows since Jesse the Body Ventura left and also on Tuesday Night Titans with Gorilla Monsoon, which is where a lot of the classic Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby Heenan stuff comes from. Is there any indication why he retired from managing? Uh, it had a lot to do with his neck being in real bad shape. Probably, he broke, he, you probably have to travel it, more when, you're, when you manage. Yeah, he broke his neck in Japan uh, and just didn't get it fixed for years. And... So I think the travel schedule is also what led to him ultimately leaving the WWF mm -hmm. in 1993. And he was going to retire uh, and just maybe go to, he always said he wanted to go to LA to try to be in like movies or television shows or something, but he got lured back to wrestling by WCW to do their color commentating. Cause the schedule was a lot lighter 
and uh he you know it's good money and they were throwing money at everybody at that time yeah so in early 1994 he debuts for wcw uh and joins all of his former colleagues his nemesis hulk hogan uh rick flair mean gene okerlund all of those guys join heenan uh and he stays with wcw until november of the year 2000 whenever he's released from his contract but heenan always said that he really didn't enjoy his time in wcw because of a negative work environment and actual conflicts with his fellow announcer tony shivani word that's what that's what he said i'm on i'm on uh team bobby heenan I love you, Shivani, uh, so, but you were in the wrong in that scenario. Yeah. So after leaving WCW, Heenan would make small appearances for the WWF uh, as part of the gimmick battle royal at WrestleMania 17 and appearing at various Hall of Fames. Uh, and he was inducted into the WWF Hall of Fame in 2004 by Blackjack Lanza. He is widely regarded as the greatest manager of all time with peers, even Jim Cornette, stating that they're all second to Bobby Heenan. And along with Gorilla Monsoon, they're obviously remembered as the defining voice of wrestling in the 80s. Bobby Heenan passed away on September 8th, 2017, at the age of 72, due to complications from throat cancer. Uh, I found this cool quote from Jim Ross, who said, he may have been the most talented person in the history of wrestling. Uh, he's, he was naturally funny and enhanced every single talent, including the heroes, even though Bobby did not support the fan favorites as the bad guy announcer. Heenan did what every announcer should strive to do, and that is make talent bigger stars than they are and to embellish every talent's TV persona. God damn. I, uh, he was about to read this really heartfelt thing that person said about Bobby Heenan. Yeah. So I kept myself from talking about how Bobby Heenan probably got throat cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, I thought you were gonna make a screech joke. Went out the same no, way no. as Screech. No, I think Screech had testicular. Is that right? No, I think it was throat. Wasn't it throat? It's, it was neck cancer. It was it was like neck cancer. I think actually with Screech. No, too much, the too much necking. Uh, unfortunately, Big John Stud does not seem to have done any pornography in his. In oh, bummer. <laughs> Anyway, he, um, M- Michael Douglas. Let oh loose. yeah, <laughs> yeah, famously blamed. <laughs> I don't think Michael Douglas is on the uh, is on the right track here. Listen, but we don't. We all know that Bobby Heenan, you know, ate, right. a, uh, ate a lot of peaches. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, he's a generous man. He's yeah. the most talented man in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, he was very talented. He's multifaceted. He's a very. I for- I forgot. I forgot he died. That's a shame. Yeah. Yeah, Speaking of dead folks that don't get no respect, where's my ultimate warrior in this business? Yeah, uh, we, Dusty, we met your uh, historian. Where was well, the ultimate warrior? So um, depending on who you believe, I mostly the ultimate warrior seems to be in the right on this one. After SummerSlam 1991, uh, ultimate warrior was fired by the WWF because he had written a letter to Vince McMahon saying like, I deserve equal pay to Hulk Hogan. I also have all this back pay that you haven't paid me that I want before I go out and wrestle for SummerSlam 91. So he went out and wrestled and then he came backstage and Vince fired him on the spot. Um, But he does return. We're just a little bit early. He returns at WrestleMania eight in April. Um, But this is second warrior where people thought that maybe the original ultimate warrior had died because he comes back and he's not like all steroided out. I mean, he's still a giant 
crazy looking human being, but he's not as gigantic as he was at his peak. I, I kind of remember a smaller, weirder looking Ultimate Warrior. It was definitely it was a Paul McCartney died scenario. It was. Yeah. Like Dude, I still wonder about warrior. that. I just the recently watched. Thing. I watched a little bit of that Beatles documentary on Disney Plus, and yeah, which I pay for. And, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, actually, I, I pay for it, but I'm using Juice's account. But I'll like, I won't explain why. That <laughs> but um, that, that'll take a minute. But I was watching that Disney Plus, and I was just like, "Holy shit, man! That kind of doesn't look like nowadays Paul McCartney." <laughs> well, I mean, he's, he's, he's aged, you know, sixty years. Well, you know, uh, and, but... and you see a lot of people that age. But I can see where people are like, "Well, that almost looks like the same guy." Yeah, um, it's, but it, the the thing is the the songwriting like they found another guy who could who could sing just like him and and sing song and write songs exactly like him. Well, know? it was a cloning thing. They just didn't have it down completely. <laughs> that is true. That's what they did yeah. for Biden too, from what I hear on Facebook. Um, you know, you know but, what though? I I just watched Cobra Kai the new season and Terry Silver comes back from Karate Kid three, mm-hmm. and I love Karate Kid three and I love that character, but if that guy passed me in Whole Foods, I'd have no idea who that was. Oh, dude, it's fuck. It's like uh, the Sixteen Candles kid that's in Michael Anthony Hall, oh, whatever his name is. Yeah, they're two different people. They're not exactly. the same person. Yeah, it, it drives me nuts. But everybody keeps telling me that's the same guy, and I, I just can't believe it. The, the, that little big lip, curly headed kid is is this now thin lipped, looking like somebody you get, you get in a fight with at the bowling alley. He was in a movie called Johnny Be Good, and he started work because, and he was a football player in that movie, and he'd always played the geek, and he got the role just because the, you know, he was he was a famous name, and he was like, if I'm gonna play a football player, I need to work out, and so for that movie and I whatever movie was after that, he got really buff, and then he just went with it for the rest of his life. It's wild. He's a handsome dude, and yeah. he was a, he was a fun actor when he was younger, but I just can't believe that's the same fucking guy. Uh, well, you know, evil dies tonight. That that is true, Jacob. Jacob, the only person in the world that loved the new Halloween movie. <laughs> well, him, I am not. I'm in him, Facebook groups. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say that exact thing. I was going to say uh, him and small contingents of really hardcore fans that are in groups on the. Where do you think I keep getting those fire memes I send to you? <laughs> it was good. That's what the groups were called. It was good. Uh, so uh, we are uh, on DVD January 11th. <laughs> Uh, you, you guys are going to buy all of them and think it's going to be collector's item eventually. And you're just going to be selling them to each other. Like one guy will lose it. You'll send it to another guy. Dude, that's how I made the money I needed to do something recently. I just sold old movies to I know. other lo- movie lovers. Jacob needed like 1500 bucks and he sold like a foot and a half high stack of DVDs. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> one, one super shredder. Uh, yeah. I know. And, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, we we, uh, we are we are we are at nineteen ninety two Royal Rumble. I did not know that Bobby Heenan was the reason for the uh, like this morning when I turned it on. I had no idea why we were watching this particular program. Oh, and OK. Now that you've said that. Yeah, I understand completely because he was a lot of my notes. I was just like, oh, my God, Heenan's like <laughs> he brought it. He definitely brought his a game to the show, like throughout it. Most of my notes are Bobby Heenan says a hilarious thing. Yeah, uh, and I'm trying. And, to... and then Monsoon retorts it in only the way Monsoon can. Yeah. God, God damn it, Monsoon. <laughs> yeah. I love Will Gorilla Monsoon. 
Yeah. And and I yeah, will you be serious? <laughs> uh, I didn't know that the gorilla position is gorilla monsoon. That makes much more sense. Uh, I yeah. didn't know. So Jacob, when when wrestlers, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Dusty. When wrestlers are just on the other side of the entrance, like they're behind the curtain and they're waiting, that's the gorilla position, like the area right there, right before they walk out. And uh, that's named after Gorilla Monsoon. Did he used to sit there or something like? Well, it's yeah, got to be so, like near where they interview because they usually come out of the curtain like right after. Yeah, sometimes they do that. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, the guy who tapes the show or like uh, tapes it to make sure they're on TV time, you know, uh, sits right there at the monitor that's right behind the curtain. And that used to be a thing that Gorilla Monsoon did. Oh, OK, cool. Um, so well, then they would just be like, well, where do I go? Go to the gorilla position. Oh, OK. Cool. Um, so where was this Royal Rumble? Uh, it is January the 19th, 1992. We are in Albany, New York, uh, with 17,000 people, according to WWF, uh, in attendance for this Royal Rumble 1992. Uh, we are six months away from Batman Returns changing the world forever. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. It was a pre-Batman Returns world? I've, I would have watched this completely differently. Uh, so <laughs> so I, I feel like perhaps a little context is due. Sure. A slight amount of context. So July 1991, uh, Ric Flair leaves WCW because he hates the guy who runs WCW named Jim Hurd, who wanted to do a bunch of weird stuff. He wanted Ric Flair to cut his hair. He, they wanted to start calling Ric Flair Spartacus. Nah. Uh, <laughs> Ric Flair? Yeah. The, one of the like three guys whose names you cannot change. <laughs> because uh, Did he want to own his gimmick or something? No, because uh, Turner, TBS, owned a bunch of classic movies, Turner classic movies, uh, Ted Turner bought all this back catalog, so they have the intellectual rights to this. So to pump that up, he's like, "What if we <laughs> rename you Spartacus? You're Spartacus, Conan. You're Casablanca. You're yeah, Casablanca. yeah. So are, are you for real? I'm 100. Dude, the wrestling business is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, so, uh, Ric Flair is like, "I'm out of here," and he calls Vince McMahon, and McMahon is like, "Well, definitely come work for me." And Ric Flair is like, I have the WCW title because I'm the champion. What should I do with it? And Vince is like, fuck it. Bring the belt with you. So they bring the belt. And then Flair is declaring himself. He debuts on WWF TV in September of 91. And he's declaring himself the real world champion. And he's got the big NWA world title. And he's like, I'm the real champion. I'm the best wrestler. Everybody knows it. Nobody could say anything about it. And they were they were planning to do Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair at WrestleMania eight, but uh, they ran a bunch of house show matches, which are non-televised events with that at the top of the card in like December of 91. And it didn't sell as well as they had hoped because that was the whole thing in the eighties was like, Flair's the NWA Hulk Hogan's the WWF. Who's better? Who's the better wrestler? Who's the king of wrestling or whatever. But it didn't go over as well as they had thought it was. And so WrestleMania eight gets changed in the months leading up to like after the Royal rumble and because of the Royal rumble. And so there's things in the Royal rumble that happen now that matter for WrestleMania eight. But the reason that they don't do flair versus Hogan is because it didn't do as big a box office as they had hoped on house shows. But 
Bobby Heenan brings Ric Flair in as the real world champion. So that explains like why he's such a homer for Ric Flair this entire time mm-hmm. and sort of what they're doing with Flair and why it's so important for him to have a, a really good showing in this event leading yeah. into WrestleMania. Okay, cool. And how, go ahead, Jacob. Go ahead. How was the title up in the air at this point? Oh, yes. Sorry, I forgot. So at Survivor Series 1991, Hulk Hogan wrestles the undertaker undertaker beats hulk hogan with the help of rick flair he slides a chair into the ring and hulk hogan gets tombstoned on the chair and undertaker wins the title but wwf used that finish as a testing ground because they were trying to do more pay-per-views and they're like okay we'll have a disputed finish at survivor series and then we'll promote this thing called tuesday in texas which is a different pay-per-view that's like right after survivor series to see if people will buy pay-per-views on Tuesday and we'll do a rematch between Hogan and the undertaker at that show. Hulk Hogan wins the rematch at Tuesday in Texas, but it's also a disputed finish because Hulk Hogan cheats if I remember right. And so they're like, okay, well now we have to hold the belt up because both guys have been screwed equally and both guys sort of have a claim to the title. So we are vacating the title and the winner of the Royal rumble wins the WWF title and we will give preferential treatment to the undertaker and Hulk Hogan where they get to pick between the numbers of 20 and 30 for their entrance number in the Royal rumble. Mm. So all of that is to lead to this. Oh, so both of them got to pick their, their entry, uh, their entry number. I didn't know that. Um, that makes sense. Cause I thought they drew straws and I was like, you know, it's, it's really weird that, hogan and undertaker came so late in the game because you know odds are you know you're the guy that you think you want to be later is going to get like number five yeah and there's always like uh feuds that if there's a big feud leading into it you know they're both going to be in the ring at the same time like uh like piper and uh macho man and all that stuff um so piper huh oh piper oh man i love the man uh so uh we open the show with, with a uh, 90s ass intro of some floating <laughs> shit. oh my god please let me take over go ahead do yeah. it I, i'm so i'm so thankful you know i was driving around the other day and i was like you know when i was 12 in 1992 for example i thought of the future and what it would be like and while there are cool things like i could make these graphic like these days graphics that look like this are like somebody making a joke yeah you know but this is how it used to like that's professional shit this is royal (laughs) rumble 1992 but anyway yeah i was driving around i was like really the only thing different when you drive around these days the the future is that the signs are digital you know like billboards are digital you know and that's that's a lot of it if you you don't look at the cars that's a lot of it yeah yeah well yeah and the cars are different but are they better no not really i mean they kind of are i guess i don't know But, um, you know, that you just yeah, I, I am a kid that watched Back to the Future, too, and was like 2015 right on. That's going to be great. And then we <laughs> yeah. got there and I was like, oh, it still looks everything still looks the same. I'm still living in this old ass house. What's going on here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Underwhel- underwhelming by the standard they promised. Yeah. But this 90s intro with these stills. And some of the stills they picked are fucking hilarious. Like, dude, I never knew about this Repo Man character. <laughs> and when his bandit ass face comes across the screen, they're like, Repo Man. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's do you know who that, do you know who that is? No, that 
Because I know I know you're gonna you were fond of demolition. Yeah. The, he was, was demolition. He was the guy that kept making this face. Oh, <laughs> in really? Demolition. The, you know, the, the, the one that doesn't look like a 50 year old father in demolition. That's well, of him. course, he would be a total card, dude. Him sneaking around like a bandit. <laughs> uh, like, dude, that's the funniest shit I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, like, he is. A, he is demolition smash. Yeah. Uh, and they broke life. they broke. They did they break up demolition to make the repo man or did, was it like, no, it had already happened. OK, uh, crush was had like a heart condition. So they he wasn't around anymore. That sucks. So, uh, so, yeah, we get Vince McMahon opening the show and Vince is fucking hyped up. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> and he's like, uh, to Jacob's point, there's stills of every single guy, but I like that they put like they put your macho mans and your Hulk Hogan's and your quote unquote alleged real world champ Ric Flair, yeah, as potential winners, but they also are like Skinner, yeah, you know, Repo Man, Berserker, yeah. that, dude. They, there were so many jobbers in that list, it was hilarious. Yeah. I thought like, about making a list of who definitely not gonna fucking win this Royal Rumble. Yeah. Like but. nasty boy sags could be <laughs> yeah. the winner of the Royal Rumble. And also, why can't he just be sags? Why do they call him nasty boy sags? Like so um, you know, the nasty boys. So you know who he's nasty. Yeah. So you know who he's aligned with. He's That's what it. you do with the with the the non Dr. Dre ice cube guy in nwa <laughs> yeah is it is it mc ren is that who it is yeah mc yeah. ren of nwa yeah nwa's yeah. mc ren yeah. and then of course vince has hits the line it's time to rumble it's time for the royal rumble yeah. and they had that like cheesy like old school sports uh, music they always did it and it was always like a family because I've, I've heard people talk about how it was like family oriented and then it kind of slowly transitioned into like the attitude era and all that shit so like this was when it was like miller boyette presents the wwf yeah and that's why you got the repo man the scariest shit on there is the undertaker <laughs> you know what i mean and it's all vagaries. Oh, God, that dude. So he's got a presence, man. Yeah, he really does. He really does. Like he really the nailed it with comes his on screen. Dude, his hair, though, he looked like he just got out of the salon on this one. And <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. There's a whole. This one's off. This is an off <laughs> night. They filmed an off night. They filmed a night where the, the wrestlers are like, dude, we've been on tour for fucking four months doing the yeah. same ass show. I'm yeah. so sick of it, dude. It, let's just let's let's hold our energy tonight. Yeah, except <laughs> got, for. Owen Hart in this first match. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the first match is New Foundation versus Orient Express uh, with Fuji. Mr. Mr. Fuji. Mr. Yeah. Fuji. My, my apologies. I forgot he was a mister. Um, uh, the, the New Foundation is, uh, of course, uh, Owen Hart, uh, God rest his soul, and Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Actually, also, God rest his soul. Uh, let's yeah. not pretend that Owen's the only oh, dead guy here. Um, guys. But Actually, my, my note here is this Bret Hart is a true athlete. And uh, that crazy grapple move at the top of the match where he's like in a lock and then he does some kind of upside down flip thing to get out. Oh, of yeah. It. Right I, at the beginning. I, I was blown away. Yeah. So that's Brett's brother, Owen. Brett's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. This is Owen Hart. This is the only guy who's ever uh, he he's unfortunately known for being the guy who died during a wrestling show. OK, um, I, w he, I, w I know that guy. OK, I was going to ask, are all these hearts related like Jimmy Hart? 
Jimmy Hart is not related to them, Jim, but Jimmy Owen Hart's Brett, a hanger on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Owen and Brett and Jim Neihart and actually the British Bulldog are all related either directly or through marriage. Yeah, and it, it goes, the, it branches out like crazy. There's a lot of like the Hart wrestling families, like a big story. Um, so this is, uh, how did they become the new foundation? What happened here? Well, so Brett and Neihart break up uh the original heart foundation breakup in 1991 and then owen comes in at the end of 1991 and they're like well jim nyhart ain't doing nothing so we'll just team him up with owen and we'll do like the new version of this team okay i hated and the so, checker mark the checkerboard shit they, yeah they're wearing they're really trying board. to find an aesthetic yeah uh, my my notes here are the new foundation is wearing the mc hammer pants big time uh, and the, they announced the Orient Express as just being from Japan, the country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not anywhere in Japan, just vaguely Japan. Listen, we don't need details. They're the Orient yeah. Express. You know what I mean? Right. I'm just glad they it's didn't like call Street them. Fighter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Japan. <laughs> it's it's more mysterious if you do it that way. If you give yeah. them something something specific, it seems like they're real people with lives. You know what I mean? Um, right. Heenan has a good line when the 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 new foundation's walking in. He's like, "I think that headband's a little tight around Nightheart's head." And Nightheart <laughs> like looks into the into the camera, and goes, wah, 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 wah. and and uh, and Heenan goes, "See, see, I'm right." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like somebody was arguing with them, but nobody was arguing with them. My was actually uh, that early kind of um, I hate to bring up his name, but the T word. Um, it's like it's like that kind of attitude, you know. It's the like T this, word? yeah, the T word, you know, that guy that possibly used oh. to be our president. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's yeah. just that kind of attitude. Not not comparing Bobby Heenan to that person. Oh yeah, but, but well, that's his because, attitude. Because Bobby Heenan's supposed to be a heel. He's supposed to be a bad guy, and those are the traits of right. a bad guy. Like always has to be right. Twists everything to like to like fit his narrative. He always roots to the bad guy. He's he's got blinders on the entire time. Like that, that's a perfect uh, yeah. uh, analog to the Orange Devil. Just Bobby Heenan is uh, playing a character, <laughs> so that's the only difference. Um, but Owen Bob- just fucking carries this. Yeah, my my Bobby Heenan line is uh, they're talking about Nyhart, and Bobby Heenan goes, "This man is nuts." <laughs> Jim at Grill and Monsoon goes, "No, he's not." And he goes, "The man is nuts. I have the papers to prove it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he, he calls him nuts like 15 times during this match. Yeah. He keeps just going, he's nuts. <laughs> and- uh, but Owen, yeah, he does the move Jacob's talking about where he's got him by the arm and he just jumps from the mat to the top rope in one motion and then yeah. backflips off the rope into a hip toss. And he's doing stuff in 1992 that like every nobody – has seen everything that he does the crowd reacts big for because it's the most athletic thing that they're doing in any of these matches oh and the the crowd loved this match there's a part where owen uh i'm sure this was a this was a move that a lot of people did but i don't think i've ever seen it uh done this well where owen gets uh nightheart for the tag and he Put, slingshots him with the ropes like he pushes the ropes and then pulls them and it slingshots him over him and uh nightheart lands on him um I, I thought that was pretty cool and then uh owen also uh, had a dive over the rope uh which i thought was really good it wasn't like 
it wasn't like, hey, catch me, please. He like yeah. he jumped and turned his back and really like actually intersected with like he hit him and they they both fell like there wasn't a catch situation. I thought it was really good. Who was the yeah. Orient Express's manager? Mr. Fuji. Mr. Mr. Fuji. <laughs> man, when <laughs> when Mr. Fuji hit hit uh, Owen in the face with that cane. Oh, it, yeah, it was. And see, this is this is another. I've just noticed. I don't know if these guys like got to the point where because this is this is at this point i think i was out of wrestling i was already done so yeah. i don't even know if i watched this i might have but um i i was just like man it seems like these guys have kind of an attitude where they're like let's make it even you know we don't even have to try as hard and they still cheer every time because like man a lot like from when i was watching it for example wrestlemania 6 what we did recently like it really like seemed like there's still a possibility that these people could be making contact a little bit. But at this point, at, at 1992 Royal Rumble, all contact is out the window. Like and, and I, I'm seeing so many pull punches. I'm seeing so much distance <laughs> between like slap and skin. I'm seeing so much. And, and this Tanaka Kane hit like he taps him with that cane and dude falls back like he just got like, you know, a beanbag gun to the face, you know, and well, there, there's a couple things you, you might have seen. There might have been some some like there's variables. So every once in a while, you'll have a show where you where you notice more because the cameras are uh, like are in unfortunate angles when they throw I the even, punches. I was going to mention that. I think the cameraman might have been in some really bad angles with yeah. this one. And there's also throughout and, and Dusty, I'm sure you've got more to say on this, but throughout throughout wrestling, uh, the history and especially in the last like 30 years or so they've slowly learned the actual and actually started to pay attention to the actual toll that is paid by these fucking guys you know what i mean because sure, it's really, it's really sure. bad for you so um new ways to pull punches new ways to things have had to be developed and um some guys and also some guys just aren't as good as other people are like it's, mr it's fuji is a wrestler so a well, lot of exactly times, yeah a lot of times when you have somebody who's not a wrestler do something, they make it look really bad. Or like you've got, did you see the Legion of Doom Hawk uh, hit people with chairs and he was just tapping them? Oh, on just the tapping them, the just barely a tap. Yeah. And I, I love it when he hit, uh, I don't remember who he hit, but the last person he hit, Heenan was like, it sounded like a shotgun blast. And I was like, <laughs> man, something must be wrong with my speaker. It just sounded like a tap to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, 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 it's not a I don't think that's actually a um, characteristic of 92 by itself or even that wrestling had changed that much. I just think what you saw, what you saw on the night, basically, I think. But even even like to knock, uh, they do a lot of stuff where like they jump on somebody like the person is a horse and they're about to jump on its back and yeah. then they they bounce off of them, basically. And I'm like, how could that hurt very bad? Because they react like, <laughs> And uh, in fact, Tanaka at one point in this match had somebody's legs up like he's holding their legs and it's, he's like looking down at their crotch and then he like let's go with the legs and does like a splash move but it's like his face went into his crotch yeah that's it's a pretty it's a heel move yeah you've been like, headbutt in the nuts bro i well, <laughs> not on purpose <laughs> <laughs> a little softer than that usually but <laughs> Sometimes uh, i'm like hey 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 <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just a, a heel move like the rock used to uh, 
split a guy's legs and then uh, like punch him in the in the balls. <laughs> it's just like if if you're being a dick, you're being a dick. You're going to go for the wiener. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> OK, OK. And a lot of crotch grabbing, just like when you're going to pick a guy up. Where else are you going to get him? I guess that's the best place to hit. But man, yeah. did these guys have an agreement beforehand? Because, man, I know the second somebody's hand goes <laughs> on my junk. I get uh, hey, just hey, getting hey. hard as a rock. <laughs> yeah. Now, you I, talk, I think got to talk to the barbarian beforehand. Hey, man, I need to pick you up. Uh, can I grab your fucking balls? <laughs> just, let me, just, just, just letting you know, it's a coming. Uh, yeah. But they uh, yeah, okay, I think you I'm get not. desensitized to that stuff, because like when I played water polo, you're with a bunch of dudes in Speedos like. Uh, and you really quickly get over that. Like, uh, and it's probably the same for like wrestler, like amateur wrestlers and like people who do jujitsu and stuff. You're not really thinking about that as you're going, but yeah, every time it happens, I think about it. Oh, that guy just straight up has that guy's balls in his hand. Like, well, this, this is all coming from the kid that, uh, made a deal with his gym coach that I would sweep the locker room and clean up while everyone else dressed out and went and did gym. <laughs> I didn't want to change in front of people. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't blame you, man. It's a, it's a, it's a really weird thing that we've done that for so long. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought, I thought the, the, uh, the new foundation were really good in this match and I thought the, uh, the crowd loved it. The crowd really popped for it. Yeah. This was but... one of the most energetic matches. God, we're not letting dusty talk. I'm sorry. Oh, you, oh dusty, no, it's okay. Go ahead. Fuck em. Thank, thank you. Jake. Uh, I was going to the end of the match. There's a really good, hot tag to the anvil so yeah jacob they like in tag team wrestling they'll they'll take one guy and they'll sequester him they'll, the good guy they'll sequester him from his partner and beat him up for a while right and then he'll do something where he gets like uh, something lucky happens the two heels run into each other or he rolls out of the way or something and then he goes and he makes the tag and that's if it's good it's called a hot tag because the crowd's supposed to get real up for that guy coming in so in this match they they execute it really well and uh the anvil comes in owen hart hits the suicide dive that andrew talked about and then the new foundation hits the rocket launcher which is like a top rope assisted splash uh to get the win over the orient express at 17 minutes and 18 seconds and this match got three and a quarter stars and i thought was pretty good uh, yeah, I, I thought it, it was surprisingly long for 19 for 1992. Jacob, yeah. that's one big difference that uh, from what we watched was when we watched WrestleMania, every match was like four minutes long or like six yeah. minutes long. Uh, even so many in, I guess. Yeah. And it, it was just a different thing back then. And like uh, they because it was a lot more about just the character, even but it only been two years. The, so the style hadn't changed that much. Right, Dusty? No, there's there's significantly less matches on this show than WrestleMania. Yeah. So that's that's probably part of it. But they are trying to get away from like the bigger guys. So the Orient Express actually had a really good Royal Rumble tag match the previous year with the Rockers. So that's kind of what they're known for is like, hey, here's a hot opener to start this thing. Yeah, uh, it was good. And then the yeah. baby face goes over. Everybody's happy. We'll talk about it. But I didn't know the Rockers got in a fight. <laughs> oh yeah we actually yeah. went over that recently well, well yeah we'll get into that uh so we move on the second match of the night is uh <laughs> the the bushwhackers versus oh, wait, no, you're skipping uh oh it's skipping... Pa- piper versus mountain my bad yeah, we yeah. got the piper versus was... yeah. lord alfred hayes explains that bret hart lost the icy title at the at a house show 
uh, with a fever of like 103. And Bobby Heenan, that's a really good line where he goes, uh, well, who cares? I wrestled one time. I had 113 degree temperature. I was fine. <laughs> yeah. And, he, so, and he's, he's like, what's fine? I wrestled all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they pumped me full of monoclonal antibodies. Uh, they, they, uh, he goes, uh, he goes, what's Piper going to say? He had a 300 degree temperature. I'm sick of these excuses <laughs> or something like that. Um, Piper had a really good, uh, promo before the before the match where His energy uh, was good oh my like, favorite line where he was like uh, the mountie said he's gonna take my integrity he's like i ain't got no damn integrity yeah. <laughs> yeah. the i i was putting money on that Rick i believe Flair, bobby heenan did too yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i was putting money on that uh, both jacob and andrew would enjoy the mountie I'm curious. I, oh. I like I like the Mountie. He's hilarious. He's like hilarious. It's, and he did he did the Canadian accent. Yeah, yeah. it's so stupid. <laughs> I love it because it's so stupid. And he's got a fucking cattle prod. He yeah. sounded he's, like he's, he sounded like Terrence Phillip at the end there. He's like, I don't see what I'm about, about it. <laughs> I'm yeah. not your buddy friend. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> a friend guy. Uh yeah, man. I am uh I am on board with the Mountie. And didn't you say that the Mountie, they the Canada got mad about the Mountie's gimmick, so he yes. stopped. He started being something else. I can't remember what it was. And the 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 theme song was "I Am Not the Mountie." Yeah. So there, the Mountie eventually has a theme song that I sent to Andrew. Yeah. Where he, it's uh, he's the Mountie. He's handsome. He's brave. He's strong. Uh, he's the Mountie, and he will enforce the law. And then uh, you can never run and you can never hide because the Mountie always gets his man. And it's uh, the Mountie singing his own song, which I also love. I'll I'll always sing your own song. Yeah. uh, But apparently Canada got really upset because they take the mounted police uh, seriously. So (laughs) nerds, uh, nerds. You know, I've never heard the cops shut down a fuck the police performance. I know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) What happened to freedom of speech? Mounties. Yeah. Uh, so then he comes back in a tag team called the Quebecers because him and his partner are from Quebec. And uh, the the theme song is We're Not the Mounties. Yeah. <laughs> and they're both singing the We're Not the Mounties song, but they're still dressed like Mounties, which it's very good. Another thing about that I like about the Mountie yeah. is he's clearly like that's a jobber gimmick. <laughs> that is that is like that's that's a like a repo man level gimmick where it's like oh yeah. it's cool it's a cool like like uh novelty hat he thinks he's a mountie he's got a cattle prod all that but he yeah. won the intercontinental championship <laughs> from yeah. bret hart yeah. you know, i think you know, he could have shot the mountie to the moon you don't see the police complaining about the big boss man <laughs> that is well, true that is true. He, he does. He, the big boss man throws a, a sweet crane kick in this fight. In this, in he his, in sure does. I've got that kick as a note. I can't believe it. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> boss man takes valet or something. It's <laughs> some uh, stuff. So we have the Mountie versus Rowdy Piper. Rowdy Piper wins this match in five minutes and 22 seconds to win the Intercontinental title with a sleeper hold. Uh, and I thought that uh bobby heenan had some fantastic lines in this match as well what did you guys think oh yeah when he's talking about how uh he's like uh what did he say about like he's like you can't lose two titles and then 
what did he know? He said, you can't, he can't win two titles tonight. And Monsoon was like, yeah, he's wrestling for two titles tonight. He's like, well, then he can't lose two titles. And Monsoon was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, will you quit confusing me? <laughs> he goes, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. <laughs> Take her yeah. Monsoon. He, uh, he, <laughs> Monsoon says, Jimmy Hart is bothering everyone with that microphone. And Bobby Heenan just goes, it's the first amendment, Monsoon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he goes. I've got. I'm protected by that too. And Monsoon's like, "What?" And he's like, "The First Amendment," because I'm a broadcast journalist. Yeah. Uh, he uh, Heenan's running joke in this match is that he keeps wanting to go see what number Rick Flair drew, <laughs> yeah. and so he offers to go get Gorilla a hot dog, and he's like, "Heavy on the onions, right? Just like you like it." Yeah. Uh, he just all he wants to do is go find out what number Rick Flair is. Yeah. Uh, I thought, see, I didn't even catch that. So, like, when he finally, like, bombs, like, when Ric Flair comes out, like, he just starts talking only about Ric Flair. Like, he, he's just, yeah. like, very, and he's, like, you know, that whole, you know, it's, it's very rare that the first five people survive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That a few times, and I was just, like, why is he so, why is he doing that? Is Ric Flair going to win this? Because, like. <laughs> Why would he be putting so much on Ric Flair right now? Yeah, but, see, and that kind of gave it away to you. But most of the time, most people would just understand it's because most of the people like watching the TV at the time would know it's just because of what Dusty said earlier. And, and Heenan's the, the heel announcer and Flair is his guy. So like, okay. he, he's yeah, going to always I figured I thought he was like his manager or something. Well, he's just his, like his dude. You know what I mean? He's not a manager anymore, but he just loves Ric fin- He's his financial advisor. Is what yeah. He says. They're just a couple of slimy turds together. Exactly. Much, right? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> Enid just the whole time just wants to go backstage. And he's like, it's was hilarious. Part, what were they talking about when uh, Bobby Heenan said he was somewhere and Gorilla Monsoon was like, uh, you weren't there. You were with me. And Heenan just goes, well, I don't like being with you. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a retort to anything. Monsoon. Yeah. Well, I don't mean. like being with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, and in this match again, Heenan talks about uh, having a 113 degree temperature again. And he goes, that's what it doesn't matter. I took half of one of those St. Joseph aspirins, knocked it right out of me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he hates the fact that Piper wins the icy title. Yep. Um, and but, he kept saying that he cheated. He kept saying that it was a uh, it was a choke rather than a sleeper hold because you're yeah. not allowed to do the choke hold. Uh, we go backstage to Hulk Hogan. I, I'd give a million dollars to anybody if I had a million dollars who could explain to me what Hulk Hogan said in this promo. Uh, I rewound it and watched it twice, <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> I, I was like, the kid came in and started talking to me like right when he started talking, and it was one of those things where I'm like, all right, brain. You have to listen to two conversations at the same time right now or else pause your show, which you don't want to do because Peacock falls apart the second you try to do it. Oh, dude, it hates that shit. It's like, oh, yeah, you want to rewind it? All right, you got to watch that fucking ad again. And guess what? You got to watch it on the way back and then you got to watch it on the way forward again. We're going to show you the same fucking Craig Robinson ad two times in three minutes. I don't know. Anyway. So the left side of my brain's like hearing the kid and I'm like, got it. She's talking about very simple things. <laughs> and then the other side of my brain's hearing Hulk Hogan. And I'm like, does not compute, must he's rewind. Just, <laughs> he's, just, he's just yelling at me and Gene. <laughs> yeah, he look, he's like looking off to the side the whole time. And like he's, he's yeah, he's losing his middles. Well, you're, you're bra- you were challenging your brain like, all right, brain, you have to listen to two separate conversations. And one of them. His Hulk fucking Hogan trying yeah. to talk. Uh, Let me tell you the, something. The height mean of his Gene. cocaine ecstasy. Yeah. 
Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. When I was the drummer for Rush, they told me that I'm going to be in the 1992 Royal Rumble. And then that night I beat Steven Seagal's ass and he's like, oh, you better throw Ric Flair over the top row. Please don't kill me, Hulkster. And I I saved him because I'm a merciful man. And then Jesus texted him. Sorry. Hulk Hogan lies a lot, Jacob. (laughs) Brought it back to the text. I like it. So we go to a different interview segment. I'll give another million dollars. If anybody could tell me what the goddamn bushwhackers <laughs> were talking about in this promo, uh, they keep calling their opponents the Beverly sisters. Yeah. Cause that, uh, that's, that's a girl thing. See? Right. Uh, and they have <laughs> this Jameson fellow. Yes. Okay. Hold on. Uh, I couldn't pay attention to what the bushwhackers were saying because <laughs> I was like, is that guy in the background chewing on his tie? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm like, the, and my kid's still in the room, and she's like, "What the fuck are you watching?" And I'm like, <laughs> "You don't know the Bushwhackers," and so I'm telling her about the Bushwhackers while they're on, and uh, these guys are licking each other, and they're they, they stink. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the few of my notes. I'm like, these guys really stink. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, especially... the Bushwhackers look like they stink too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and dude, they lick children. Dude, they like poor innocent kids. One of them licked a a literal baby on the yeah, way. Did yeah. you guys see twice, that? Twice. Yeah. That blew my mind. Like I because I, I brought my and dad. The parents in. are like, yeah. Yeah. My my dad uh uh loves the bushwhackers and he was here. So I was like, hey, come check this out. I was I and he's like, yeah, and then he left the room because he he never stands there for more than like 20 seconds. And um then Sounds like me I, with my kids. I, I had to go back in there. Because I was like, Dad, one of them just grabbed and licked a baby in the face (laughs) on the way to the ring. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Yeah, I uh, (laughs) I have some notes about that. um, And somebody had a Bushwhackers are cool sign in in the crowd. (laughs) Uh, Bobby Heenan says that he watched by Jameson earlier in the day and that he reeks of sardines. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. he reeked Uh, with the scent of sardines. (laughs) Not only do the bushwhackers smell like beer and like weak old lady juice, <laughs> weak uh, old all over their face. Yeah, they haven't bathed since it happened. You know how like they're yeah, like, I'll, ne- I'll never wash this hand again. They, yeah. <laughs> they both avoided throat cancer somehow. So. <laughs> Have they? <laughs> well, one of them seventy four and still wrestling. <laughs> I will. I will still say this. Babe. I'm sorry I said vaginal fluids on your they're, podcast. They're, yeah. No, you're fine. You're fine. Their their pubes are dreads. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd fucking love the Bushwhackers. Dude, dude, they might be the most over tag team I've ever seen in my life. The Bushwhackers. Yeah. And they're dude, doing nothing. They, this match sucks. Move, this match when they get that fucking when they get that move going, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like those guys that they're fighting are scared of them and they have a right to be due to Two th- I, I live down the street from the Bushwhackers. Yeah. Like, uh, a, a whole bunch of them. Yeah. It's not just those two. It's, it's the whole family. And they live They've in got a whole same. cult. Their they, yard, they, their yard has more stuff in outside than mine has inside. They're walking and, into the cracker barrel doing that arm thing in a straight dude, line. I'm There's like a three year old kid. If two of those guys just came marching at me with their arms like that. <laughs> I'd run the fuck away like real yeah. fast. I'd and, probably get like terror frozen <laughs> there's there's power in that man when they chased him out of the out of the ring and like just went around <laughs> the ring like stomping <laughs> around 
there was power in that. I was like, oh my God, that's intimidating. It, that's actually a good point. That looked like a skinhead punk show. Have you guys seen yeah, that? I, yeah, around I, the fire I played that show. <laughs> Uh, Jacob has PTSD from that show. Oh, did you dude. know? I got stories know? about skinheads. <laughs> yeah, he's from Arkansas. Uh, did you know Jameson's mother and father never got a divorce? I didn't know that. No Nobody wanted, wanted custody. custody of that moron. <laughs> <laughs> he said they ran away from home. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, he came home from school one day and found out his parents had ran away. Yeah, his so parents. Just... His parents wrapped his uh, wrapped his lunch in a road map. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. He I watched hated Jameson, but apparently they had like a cool like chemistry going because Jameson was a comedian, like the, the guy who played that character. And he does a good job. Like his yeah, he he's committed to his to his bit of like doing the tie. He's just eating like, bread. Yeah. And he's like blowing his nose into the into a uh, like into a sock and then looking at the at the sock. Yeah. After he blew his nose. Yeah, in uh, it. Yeah. Uh, Every uh, school had this kid. Oh, yeah. He Heenan goes. uh He's gonna look at it all, and he looks at it. Monsoon's like, Monsoon's like, uh, well, at least he didn't wipe it on his sleeve. And Heenan goes, Yeah, how would you know? <laughs> yeah, he looks, he looks gross. He looks yeah. like he hasn't washed his hair in a long time. So I watched this. Generally, my fiance she watches wrestling with me. She never watched wrestling before. Yeah, uh, she dated me. Was this her first I, Bushwhackers match? I try to shield her from really bad wrestling. Yeah. Like, I'm like, you don't want to watch this show. There's not very good wrestling on it. Like, we watch more modern wrestling. But she was watching this with me yesterday. And uh, she goes, this is a lot of silly wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) It is a silly place. (laughs) Yeah. And whenever the Bushwhackers were licking the fans, she freaked out. She was like, what are they doing? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, they just licked that kid and i was like yeah and she's like where are their parents i don't it's the 90s man they, All they, the, them to the bush yeah they're probably getting their tits signed afterwards like it <laughs> no it, and but i'll tell you man like the 90s were a different time like <laughs> spit wasn't as much of a thing no it's a, it really wasn't it's I, a I, lawless I, wasteland where fucking new zealanders will just lick your kids yeah I went, I went and saw this one shock rocker that turned out to be a horrible person that uh, uh-huh. I won't mention his name, but, Tulsa! Uh, <laughs> Tulsa! but uh, I went and saw him in the nineties and like, he was practically naked on stage and he, he told the whole crowd to spit on him and loogies came flying <laughs> and he, he had like, he had, he'd like get some on his hand and put it in his mouth and spit it back at him and, it was not. It was you couldn't do that. These actually, was, he got he got sued recently because he blew a snot rocket on a photographer. <laughs> and he just does everything, doesn't he? Jesus yeah. Christ! Uh, yeah, yeah. I I can't remember if I left the Tulsa story on the podcast or not. Yeah, we told that story the other day. I, I can't remember if I left it on or not. Uh, but anyway, uh, Tulsa. Uh, you know the bad thing about wrestling with bushwhackers. <laughs> You're win, lose, or draw, you got to have everything on you fum- uh, fumigated. <laughs> oh, you stink. You just totally stink. <laughs> yeah. Those I, guys, those two guys in this Beverly Brothers, they looked clean. Oh, know? yeah. That's they, the like they, they smell good before they go in the ring. Yeah. Oh, just the pristine mullets. Yeah. yeah. Well, they have, the, they have the genius as their manager. So, you know, he's not hanging around with, with a bunch of ruffians. Which I've turned on the genius. I didn't like him before. I now like the genius. And is okay. that 
Macho Man's brother. Am I remembering that is, properly? That is Macho Man's brother. Yes. Yeah, I I, I ah. liked the I liked the genius here. Uh, I think he looks like such a tool, which is perfect. Um, I like when he went over and slapped Jameson in the face. Um, uh, Jameson and, uh, says he hit me, and then Bobby Heenan goes, "Not hard enough. You're still breathing." Yeah, and he goes, he "said he hitted me. He hitted oh, me. Yeah. yeah, like a and child." After after Heenan says that, he goes. <laughs> What a gutsy guy, huh? The genius. <laughs> I like how the, the the brain's talking about him, uh, talking about him not having a job. And then he's like, he's like, but then he'd have to pay taxes. He's like, I had to pay two hundred dollars worth of taxes yeah. last year. And I was like, that can't have gone up that much. Listen, two hundred dollars. Like, that's how much I pay to get my taxes done. I, yeah. I saw that as kind of another Trumpian thing where like. Bobby the Brain is from Beverly Hills, a uh, build from Beverly Hills. I don't think is he actually he's not actually from Beverly no, Hills. He's from Chicago. Yeah, he's built from Beverly Hills. He's he's he always calls himself rich and shit. So for him to complain about paying two hundred dollars in taxes, I think is pretty funny. Um, and then uh, he had my favorite line is and I didn't even really fully understand this line, but I loved it. He goes, you can always tell when the bushwhackers in the arena. There's always 300 to 400 cats hanging out around the building. <laughs> what was that all about? Oh, because they eat because they eat sardines. Oh, that's oh, why. Because it's sardines. Yeah. Okay. I just pictured the bushwhackers just traveling with just an army of cats. Like that's the cat lady from The Simpsons. Yeah. yeah. I had to explain to my daughter. I'm like, yeah, see, like back in the day in wrestling, like everybody was like an extreme character. And like <laughs> these guys were like their character is like people from Boonville. and and, like i've i've met this guy plenty of times oh man i can't i still don't understand how they came up with the herky-jerky like movements and the looks on their faces and the like i don't get it i will tell you this the the thing that i enjoyed the most in this match is whenever the bushwhackers walk they do the arm thing it's the funniest thing like when they're just walking across the ring they'll do it whenever one of the bushwhackers goes outside the ring to chase the genius, but he still has to do the arms yeah. while he's walking. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, he's power looks, walking like uh, yeah. Al from Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> yeah. The genius looks like the lead singer of Monster Magnet. <laughs> okay, I got to look that up. <laughs> Which did you guys know that the lead singer of Monster Magnet? Uh, are you i know i know andrew knows kevin smith stuff dusty yeah. are you a kevin smith fan i am a kevin smith fan, he does yeah. look like the lead singer for monster man <laughs> <laughs> he does he does especially old like old, younger yeah younger, younger lead singer of monster magnet nowadays he's he's a little thicker but uh anyway the lead singer of monster magnet is steve dave uh you know and really uh, yeah in the in the early movies the first time they say it is in mall rats tell him steve dave um the reason he put that in that script is because a guy ran the comic book store that ended up becoming the secret stash and they kevin never remembered if his name was dave or steve (laughs) and so he called him steve dave but his name is actually dave windorf and after he sold that comic book shop to uh kevin smith he went on to be monster magnet that's crazy yeah Jacob one time called the secret stash to Walt Flanagan answered who's in some of the movies he goes is this Walt Flanagan and he goes yes and Jacob just goes Walt Flanagan (laughs) (laughs) I ended up bugging him in person too 
<laughs> That's um, crazy. I didn't know that. So to put a bow on this, the Beverly Brothers hit an axe handle off the top for the win. This match was 14 minutes and 56 seconds, and it got negative half a star. What? I, yeah, I, I don't. They don't judge wrestling matches based on. Well, I guess they judge them on entertainment value, but not extracurricular entertainment value. The I got you. I got. You. I had a good time with this match. I thought it was pretty good. You know. I, yeah. I, the Bushwhackers themselves are a spectacle. So I mean, like, I didn't. I didn't care about the guys they were fighting at all. I definitely didn't. But I was watching the Bushwhackers have fun beating the crap out of a couple guys. And it was fun. It was fun. Well, and ironically, I don't know that you know. The Bushwhackers, before they came to WWF, were known as the Sheep Herders, and they were like one of the most violent tag teams in wrestling history. Like they were just known for bloody, crazy fights. That's why you all can th- see uh, all the blading scars on their foreheads. They've got crazy bladed up foreheads. Oh, those are the yeah. type of dudes that will punch themselves in the head to show you that they can take a punch. Yeah. yeah. And so then they come to WWF and they're just these morons that power walk and lick people. And it's <laughs> like they probably okay. made more money in their lives <laughs> doing that than they did as like a, a quote unquote respectable tag team. Dude, uh, they kept doing that one move where they they do the bushwhacker walk at somebody, and then yeah. the guy goes under the bottom rope, and they 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 stick their heads under the top rope and just like make funny faces and shit. They did yeah. it like fifteen times, and the crowd loved it every single yeah. time they did it. Like, I understand the novelty of the bushwhackers and that it was entertaining. I am just shocked at how over they were. Um, I think the other, the second biggest pop might be for Hacksaw Jim Duggan later in this show. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, oh, wait, no, actually, the big after the match. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, after, so after the match, after all this, uh, the Beverly Brothers win, but then they're outside the ring and the Bushwhackers grab the genius and they have him in the ring and they bring Jameson in. And they milk Jameson trying to throw a punch to oh, yeah. the genius like forever. And one of the bushwhackers is trying to show him how to make a fist yeah. uh, so that he can punch him. And so he like winds all the way up and then he kicks the genius in the shin. Uh, and then they throw the genius out and Jameson walks around doing the bushwhacker dance with the genius's cap on. And Bobby Heenan goes, that guy's not a genius. He has the IQ of a doorknob. Yeah, he goes, the guy's got an IQ of a doorknob. He's wearing the genius's hat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love the just the vitriol he has for Jameson this entire time. And I I wish I would have watched more of it, but um, they they apparently did a lot of work together. Like they did like interviews and stuff together. And uh, uh, Heenan and they just loved working together. Uh, Heenan, obviously. Heenan's character hating Jameson's character and Jameson just kind of playing along. Like, uh, I want to watch the, more of that. Where does Jameson come from? He was just a comedian that Vince McMahon found. That's and he signed him up basically. And I, I don't know how he, how the bushwhacker thing, like how they got hooked up, but he was just a guy that Vince found and was like, you want to be in wrestling? And I don't think he was in WWF for very long. Right. Right. Dusty. No, he wasn't around a lot. I even forgot that he was around here. Yeah. You know, because I think even by WrestleMania 8, he's probably gone. Oh, okay. Uh, or he's doing more 
like backstage sort of things. He looks like broke Rick Moranis to me. Uh, <laughs> Not a popular character, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we go backstage to Mean Gene Okerlund, who's with the Legion of Doom. And uh, like Legion of Doom have a bunch of things going for them. But one of the things is, uh, which I think is underrated, is they look really cool wearing the tag team belts. Like, and you oh, can't yeah. really tell until somebody's the champion, but like they, it looks good. The aesthetic of it looks good on them. And uh, they also, <laughs> they also yell a promo at uh, about the natural disasters and Hawk says uh something to the effect of you want to throw your weight around well we want to throw your weight around too and then uh you know what a rush well etc hawk started with well mean gene you know what makes us sick besides everything like <laughs> i know right i didn't I'm understand like, well, that our legion just, of doom hypochondriacs or something? are they just like i'm and i'm negative about everything <laughs> that guy they does look like, look like somebody who like beats his wife <laughs> hawk <laughs> uh, Hawk had a troubled life, but I don't know if he ever hit. A, I don't know if we know that he ever hit a woman, right? Dusty. Well, you know, I mean, he, he was a drinker. He was a drinker. Yeah. People hit women in wrestling all the time. That is true. That is true. Like, true. So he might have done it. <laughs> you know what? Well, I hope he did. <laughs> hard, hard stance. Uh, their shoulder pads do kind of look like the COVID. Uh, whenever you look at the molecules, you know, <laughs> it's all spiky. So maybe they are. They've got spike pre- spike proteins on their shoulders. That's how yeah. that's how much into this they are. Uh, God I damn it. F- I love animal and animals makeup looked really good. And it had like like rainbow yes. colors down the sides right here. And he's like, you know, we're not going to be closet champions. I'm like, is he making a statement right now? But <laughs> I don't think those things were actually. Uh, he uh, had like, ultimate warriors style of paint. And the other guy had the demolition style of paint. And so demolition actually is a is a, they bit Legion of Doom style. This is the original demolition. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I do remember these guys. Like when I had the toys, they would look. You're right, Dusty. They would look really good with the belt on. I remember putting the belt on these toys a lot, just because they they looked badass with the colors and everything. So, so these two guys were just bouncers, um, at some bar. And they'd bounce women out of bars. I yeah, they bounce on their face, bro. Like they deserved. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, for the record, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I'm just kidding they, too. You know, sometimes <laughs> you sometimes you have to hit someone, <laughs> and sometimes that someone has to be. <laughs> uh, they they were bouncers at a bar. They had never wrestled a day in their lives, and uh, I think they made friends with a wrestling promoter or something like that. And uh, they ended up being one of the best and biggest tag teams to ever walk the planet. Like uh, Hawk and animal are fucking legends. And, um, but yeah, that's the thing. Like dusty, we've talked about it a bunch of times in this, in this uh, podcast, like a bunch of Legion of doom knockoffs showed up uh, and uh, demolition actually happened to be one of them. Um, I'm not shitting on demolition. I'm sure they were fine. People love demolition. You know what I mean? They ain't goddamn laud though. (laughs) They don't got the laud. Uh, they, ain't, they ain't got the laud, bro. So um, uh, they are taking on the natural disasters, which are earthquake and typhoon, also known as tugboat. Andrew's favorite go-to mid-card wrestler. Every time to talk it's about. tugboat, it all my yeah. head, my brain always goes there. Did earthquake lose weight? Because he looks smaller here than he did in the other one we it's did. A, it's just a less substantial earthquake, you know, instead of I like thought, an eight. I, 
instead of an 8.0 it's a five yeah not exactly i think maybe that's just the size of his leotard yeah because i I think he had a tighter leotard on this time no actually he had a fupa reduction the year before (laughs) And uh, he, he went in and they, they they just cleaned up his fupa real good. Um, no, he good. his weight fluctuated a lot. I actually looked him up today um, because he's I mean, we've ran into this guy so many times. Uh, John Tenta, right? Isn't that his name? Yeah. Apparently um, Hall of Fame. Good guy. Dude. John well, Tenta. he started in before he had ever pro wrestled. He had amateur wrestled and he played football when he was younger because he was, he was actually a pretty damn good athlete. He uh, he was a sumo wrestler in Japan and uh he was like a phenom sumo wrestler. Like he got started way later than people. He did really well in his early matches. He never actually lost a match in his life in sumo wrestling in Japan, but sumo wrestling is a really hard. It's really hard. Like you, your body, he, he said he played football. He did amateur wrestling. He did pro wrestling, sumo wrestling, beat his body up worse than anything he ever did in his life. And the lifestyle of a sumo wrestler is really hard in Japan. And he had a tiger tattoo on his arm that he had to cover up all the time. And if he wanted to get any higher up in sumo wrestling, he was going to have to get a skin graft to, to remove the tattoo from his arm because they hate it in Japan. This is all from Wikipedia. So it could be completely horseshit, but you know, I got a podcast. I'm just going to spit things out like Joe Rogan, you know, but I don't have 11 million downloads an episode. So uh, he quit sumo. And then he went straight to pro wrestling in Japan. And then he eventually made it here, here where they turned him into the fucking earthquake. But there's a picture on his Wikipedia of him drop kicking somebody. And he's not nearly as big as he is in this match or when WrestleMania six, is that what we watch or five? Six. 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 Um, he, I mean, he's very clearly a fucking athlete. He just blew up like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. He also uh, later on, he had a gimmick change to the shark uh, in WCW and he had to have his tattoo. He got a tattoo cover up of a shark instead of a tiger because he's committed to the bit. Yeah. WCW wow. sucked. Yeah. He's committed you to are, the bit. You're the, you're, the, you're the shark. You're the shark. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, bit, oh, uh, yeah. they started him as the avalanche, <laughs> but then the WWF sued because they're like, avalanche is too close to earthquake, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so did he? It is him? not. Come on. <laughs> you know, somebody suggested whale first. Yeah. And then they were like, let's, I don't think he's going to go for whale. Let's call him the shark. Let's call they him the like, shark. That's about honey boo boo. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, to give him a big fat sack. And no, I don't think we could do that. Mama June. Uh, Dad. Uh, 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 putrid, Daddy June. Daddy June. Putrid taint. What? Uh, no. <laughs> no. It'll be the shark. Doesn't roll off the tongue quite as well, yeah. dude. When they come back in from like, because yeah. the spoilers, they they lose their match. Well, no, they they win their match, but yeah. they lose the title, yeah. which they thought they were gonna get. Yeah. And when they come back into the locker room to complain, those guys smelled so bad. Oh man, it was, and you can just hear their their thighs rubbing together all wet uh, as they came in. Oh man. The room gets all balmy when they walk yeah. in and, and you're just like, Oh, and it's that smell that spray deodorant where the, mm-hmm. where the fucking, the smell comes through the deodorant and just mm-hmm. becomes, it's like Lysol. It's like, it doesn't really cover the smell. It just turns it into like flowery poop. Yeah. yeah. And for some and, reason their, their, their sweat just, it feels grosser. Like it, it just seems grosser them. than a normal person. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's them. 
it's it's, it's <laughs> we're terrible it's <laughs> really bad uh and uh, they're, they are either are, of these guys dead they uh, uh earthquakes dead right Earthquake and both members of the Legion of Doom are dead. Yeah, Typhoon's uh, still kicking. He can yeah. hear us. <laughs> that uh, is true. Yeah. So standing behind me. The, He's like a me. giant shadow behind me. If you start smelling like deodorant, <laughs> then yeah. you start feeling like a typhoon is, that, is coming. Is that or like a sauna. burritos? <laughs> like with a sauna in the room. Yeah. <laughs> a smelly one. So, so the story one. of this. The story of this match is the Legion of Doom are big, but the natural disasters are bigger. Yeah, it's crazy how much bigger the natural disasters are. Like, because the yeah. Legion of Doom are big, they're big fuckers. Yeah. Um, but I don't True. really have even I don't have much to say about this match. Uh, the the natural disasters win it by count out in nine minutes and twenty four seconds. This match got half a star. Um, and it did and it didn't deserve the half a star like it's the worst lod match i've ever seen but what are you gonna do against <laughs> earthquake and typhoon yeah brother there was some good moments i mean it, it, but it was kind of boring i mean yeah. i thought uh, earthquake did a few things that looked really impressive the good thing about being as big as earthquake or typhoon are is like you don't really have to imagine that something would hurt that they yeah. did. Like he drops an elbow on Hawk's back and I was just like, fuck dude, that, I'd be yeah. dead if somebody did that to me. Or what that about when he steps on him? Yeah. You know, Cause like he is really, I mean like, you know, it's only for a second. So it's not like I've, I've had my foot run over by a car, but it was for a second, you know? Yeah. And like, I was fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You feel that tire go over you too. And you're like, that's like 2000 pounds and it didn't fucking crush my foot. <laughs> I'm unbreakable. I'm unbreakable. <laughs> Call Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Wasn't he in that movie? I can't remember. Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, shit. I'm going to beep that. Yeah. I'm going to beep that. I haven't seen the movie for the record. I've not seen the movie. Hey, can you go ahead and beep Lady Juice? <laughs> I can't stop thinking. Two, I'm like, God, two times. come on. Seriously. Two times now. I only yeah. beep it once though beep well, now, the I, now i want people to know i'm sorry i I'll, just I, right. I was just thinking about what was really on the bushwhackers face and that's I'll, what came i'll just beat the first i'll just beep the first word so lady juice comes out yeah. <laughs> i'll give you a sample right now here you go you can cover it up with this lady juice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll i'll try i'll try to do that lady the, nec lady nectar <laughs> when the simpsons did their super bowl episode but they couldn't yeah. they didn't know who was going to be in the super bowl atlanta we, falcons <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah exactly so lady yeah. nectar let's do that they, right. yeah so, i love that they, they had to put their they put their beer mugs in front of their mouths <laughs> yeah that actually the sounds creepy denver broncos denver broncos uh that the so the natural disasters come in after losing the, the yeah. after losing their shot at the titles because the lod were the champions coming in properly correct yes yeah so they so because they didn't win they won the match but not the titles because you can't win by count out or disqualification yeah and they are pissed they're peeved yeah. off they were they're <laughs> tag team champions like you can't they're literally understand. talking about getting a lawyer and suing for a belt <laughs> i know because yeah. jimmy hart man he's in their ears and like You're the, the lawyer would pull out the rules and go <laughs> oh yeah you guys lost that you know yeah. like, you said you well, lost my count out get out of my goddamn office <laughs> <laughs> that's what i wrote is like i know that they just had a match and they're upset and they're winded but like they wrestle every night. They don't 
know the rules to the matches that they're wrestling. Yeah, yeah man. That, that just they, blows my mind. They well, also they're, had they're to big. announce they're, it. You're that yeah. big, you're stupid. They also had to announce it for the people, <laughs> though, which I also thought was <laughs> interesting, where they're like, all right, so natural disasters have won. However, just so nobody gets upset, the Legion of Doom are still the champions, and then they play the Legion of Doom music, and everybody's like, yeah! Yeah! <laughs> hey, bro, I, shoot, dude. Hey, I, over here, I didn't know. Yeah, I, I didn't know until the first time it happened that Royal Rumble was, uh, I mean, I must have known this back in the day, but I thought all 30 dudes just start in the ring and just start like they're all. Oh, yeah. I was like, how is this even going to work logistically? And then uh, when it when they showed me and I'm like, oh, every two minutes one comes out. That's awesome. That's brilliant. What yeah. a great idea. Yeah. And they, you know, they've... But I, I only today you know could have told you that yeah and and they've refined it like well we'll get more into the like the rumble because they've it's they, the way they do it now i think is better because of a couple specific things but okay, okay. Um, so what you're thinking of jacob is a battle royal which is where everybody starts in the ring and then you got to throw them over the top oh rope. that does exist yes oh, okay. uh, and so the royal rumble was pat patterson who's one of the uh, backstage guys it was his idea to have people come in in intervals. And like you said, I, I love the Royal Rumble. Like even in my uh, lesser times as a fan, which never fully fell out of it, the Royal Rumble gets me every time. Cause it's just so fun to watch. And, oh yeah. Just the, the randomness of it. It's a, it's so rapid yeah. fire. It's like anytime you get bored, a new person comes in. Yeah. Like anytime something starts to get a little, uh, uh, I'm, I'm losing interest. Oh, there's so-and-so. Yeah, the, the berserker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so we go backstage with Rowdy Piper and he uh, only in America could a man like Rowdy Piper become the intercontinental champion. This is great. This is great. Uh, he's, he's hyped up and now he's going to win the world title and he says he's going to have him falling down like President Bush, which I don't know uh, if either are either of you aware of the reference to that. This is where Clinton won and Bush was out of the White House. No, I think Bush literally fell down. Oh, OK. Uh, Right? I thought it was. Was it when he uh, puked in the Japan prime minister's yes. lap? Oh, that's probably. What <laughs> yeah. So uh, President Bush goes to Japan, but he's really sick and they okay. make him go anyway. And then he's having dinner with the prime minister of Japan and you just see him throw up everywhere. And he like falls over into the prime minister's lap. What? Like, I understand you're sick, man. Yeah. Fall the other direction. Yeah, I remember that. That was a good one. What, where yeah. am I going to puke in his lap? Like, puke in <laughs> your <own> fucking lap. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. God damn. Uh, so then we go to Sean Mooney, who's in the other uh, area, and he's talking about the various guys in the Royal Rumble, and he gets ran into by the Barbarian, and he interviews the newly branded Sean Michaels. So uh, it's interesting because the – the turn on Marty Jannetty only happened a week ago, and now Shawn Michaels has the the uh, completely new character, and he's in like full leather. What's uh, happening here? What's uh, what's happening to my rockers? Why aren't they in the Barbie outfits with the with the colors and and rocking and rolling? And the tassels, one of them looking like Steve Perry. Uh, Why is one so, of them getting kicked in the face and thrown through a window? Why? So uh, they were having problems as a team. And I remember I had the WWF magazine where it was like, are the rockers breaking up or whatever? And it had like a back-to-back shot of them. And then nice, they nice. go on to the barbershop, the interview segment, 
and they're like, yeah, there's been some miscommunication, but everything's cool. And like, we can, we can go forward. And Marty Jannetty is like, if you want to break up, that's fine. But if you want to stay together, like shake my hand and we'll be a team. And this is one of my favorite Bobby Heenan moments of all time where they shake hands and Bobby Heenan goes, see (laughs) one without the other. It's just no good. And then as soon as he turns around, Janetti gets kicked in the face and Heenan goes, I knew he was going to do that. I just knew he was going to do that. And he goes, he don't need Janetti. <laughs> and just the vitriol, like Anderson, the way. Of course he told, I dug my heels in Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Like it was something that, to do. The way that he pronounces, he don't need Janetti. Yeah. <laughs> and then Michaels picks him up and throws him through the barbershop window in like one of the most iconic moments of my wrestling childhood. I watched this live when it happened, or at least live for me when it happened, and I was heartbroken because I loved the Rockers. And it was supposed to be... uh, Yeah, and it was supposed to be that Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels were going to feud, and then Jannetty got fired for one of the many reasons he was ever fired from WWF. Uh, Didn't he love the extracurriculars? He did in G- he did indeed love the extracurriculars. Uh, but Jacob, not unlike not unlike the guy from Buckcherry. That is true. That yeah. is true. Uh oh God, that is a okay. god awful music, <laughs> by the way. Uh, yeah. so uh Shawn Michaels, Jacob, I don't know if you're familiar with the rocker who kicked the uh, Steve Perry in the face. Um <laughs> he is one of the greatest wrestlers to ever live. Like he moved on from the Rockers to be like a a uh, Mount Rushmore pro wrestler. A lot of people say he's the greatest ever. Um, and if you're in a tag team and one of the, one of the wrestlers ends up like when the tag team breaks up, one of the wrestlers doesn't get really that famous. And the other wrestler like goes to the moon. The wrestler doesn't get that famous is called the Janetti of the group. Uh, that's, that's to the level of different directions that these two guys went after that motherfucker went through that window. <laughs> Yeah. And one of you guys, one of you guys takes one more step. I'm taking, I'm kicking this guy out the motherfucking window. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you're, what you're saying is, is he's the, uh, the, the Garfunkel. Yeah, he's he's the art. He's definitely the art Garfunkel of the Rockers. <laughs> yeah, because he, uh, the Dave Mustaine of the right, right, right it works really well too because like Garfunkel's art garfunkel perfect. has a bunch of of records and he's he's a good terribly, musician he's yep. a good musician he's a great singer but he's not paul fucking simon like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of the songwriters of all time yeah and Sorry, the same marty yeah like marty Janetti is a really really good wrestler and he had a couple of good runs but he just never got to that next level and Shawn michaels eclipsed uh every single person's expectation to become in my opinion the greatest wrestler of all time and so that's why it sucks because somebody's got to be the Janetti. well Janetti was obviously as good as him because they when they worked together as the rockers they mirrored each other completely like like yeah. They were doing the same stuff, and it was so perfect, and it, it just dazzle you. Yeah, and well, then, they, he was know. obviously proficient enough to hang with Shawn Michaels in a tag team, but 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 Shawn Michaels yeah. is like, it's it, it's hard. Like, th- he transcended what they did. Like, he took what they did and just completely changed the game. Like modern wrestling right now, 
looks a lot more like Shawn Michaels than it does almost any other wrestler from that era. So like it should, it should look like the Bushwhackers or uh, <laughs> I, I ain't watching. <laughs> or I, I have some watching. recommendations if you want uh Bushwhacker style wrestling in today's uh landscape, <laughs> Jacob. I can help you with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Sean says that uh he really did Marty Jannetty a favor because he saved him 29 other beatings today, which is just a great heel logic. Yeah. Like Funny. <laughs> I threw you through that window, but I did it for you. Yeah. Uh, I was still thinking of you. So this is actually Lord Alfred Hayes is backstage with Flair. And Flair says that he drew number three, but it doesn't matter because he's still going to be the champion. This is actually an exclusive for the home video release. So if you watched it live or if you watched it like on the original home video release, I think this was an extra somewhere else. They added it later. You didn't know Ric Flair was number three. Ah, okay. When Bobby Heenan freaks out at him being number three, it's because in the the story he's not supposed to know. So this interview is this interview is non canonical to the story uh, as it was happening. Okay. So they they George Lucas to this stuff. Yes. Yeah. They they Josh Josh Whedon it. Yeah. They they added him in later. Mm -hmm. So then we do a multiple interview, and this is where we get (laughs) to see all of. all Bro. the heroes uh <laughs> macho man macho man's like "Ooh, i'm gonna beat the shit out of you roddy piper that's all i care about and no then, he wants the snake man the snake <laughs> that's what it was there's the snake yeah. man yeah i forgot <laughs> not even jake the snake he calls him straight up the snake man and he he was really on it with his yes <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sid uh, Justice looks like he's about to blow a gasket, bro. His like, somebody glued his teeth together earlier that day, and, and he, he couldn't he couldn't separate him for that promo. Yeah, uh, the Repo Man is excited because he lo- he loves any opportunity that he has to take something. So today he's gonna take <laughs> the WWF swiper, yeah. no swiping. Yeah, he's gonna take the WWF title because what's your what's his is his. But also what's yours is his. And then he does his Repo Man laugh. Is uh, it like a ho ho? Like, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Uh, fucking craziest shit. I can't, I can't believe, believe this guy I, is a wrestler that's in the ring with someone like Hulk Hogan. I can't, I can't believe it. I can't believe notice, I used to be in demolition. Did you, did you also notice that his singlet is tire tracks? Like someone no. ran him over. No, <laughs> oh it's God. like tire tread. Yeah. Uh, British Bulldog won a battle royal recently, so he thinks that gives him a good shot. Uh, he's unaware of the rule difference. Uh, in this <laughs> when, so, it cut, when it cuts from these wrestlers to the close up of Paul Bearer, yeah, yeah. I lost it. Yeah, I completely yeah. lost he's it. He's the best. Uh, Jake the Snake does a good promo too, again, where he doesn't yell, he just says, uh, he, he hates to disappoint himself. You not so much. Yeah, uh, I love that line. I love that line. He doesn't give a fuck about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm here oh, for no, me. You, you, I don't mind. I would never disappoint myself. You, I don't mind. Yeah. He was, he was uh, holding I'll... his arms in a weird way. At he first, saying. he was because he had like he had like his arms crossed and he like, had like does one he have hand. The like, snake? yeah, he it was it was it was a weird. He didn't know what to do with his hands, and he was I'm like, glad "Dusty, you too. Dusty Godwin is the <laughs> shit." I heard him say it. Yeah, <laughs> he did say that. Yeah. Uh, and then Paul Bear, like uh, Jacob said, is just making the man's face is rubber. He can do yes. anything. Oh, uh, the Undertaker. <laughs> he's got 29 hearse and 29 graves dug. 
Yeah. And then the Undertaker says some spooky shit at the end, like among amongst the carnage, he will stand on top of it as WWF champion. Yeah, he's like a standing atop this mass carnage. Yeah. Will be the Undertaker. Yeah. Once oh, more. <laughs> crowned World Wrestling Federation world champion. <laughs> yeah. Paul Bear look looks like a good job. Paul Bear looks like a preacher that kicked me out of church once and then he got arrested <laughs> for child pornography. God damn. Well, we will we'll tracks, be clear you know. that this this Paul Bearer, from what we know, he might have <laughs> from what we know, he respect. He fucked Kane's mom, but yeah, he he no child pornography in his in his good. lineage. Very good. You were really taking us off the rails here, Jacob. Dude, uh, I'm in a I'm in a mood tonight. Imagine him calling yeah, somebody. Just, you really caught me. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Bearer ordering child pornography. I'll take. <laughs> Oh, I'll take 30 DVDs. They're like, is this fucking Paul Bear? No, uh, it's a very, this is Mickey Mouse. No, the name's Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, I was very proud of a joke the other day. Sarah saw a picture of this Undertaker and said, is that the Undertaker? Cause he looks, it's 30 years ago. I said, no, that's the younger taker. And then mm. I walked out and then I walked out of the room. As uh, soon as you, you said it, you were like, that's the younger taker. Gong. Like yeah. the, 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 that's his, what his... he calls himself when he looks at Chuck. <laughs> 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 <It's actually, laughs> <laughs> they're young and he takes them. <laughs> that's what I call him. I mean, that's what they call me. The undertaker <laughs> calling you. Please send it to please please send the child pornography to under CO Undertaker in where where is it? Scranton? Where are they? Where, where's oh, the WWE headquarters? Oh uh Stanford, Connecticut. In Stanford, Connecticut. You tell them to take it through the back. Okay, uh, thank you. This if is a guy Paul. named Vince sees you. <laughs> don't you just turn around, he'll yell at you. Just keep running. <laughs> And don't tell anybody about this. I ain't going in no cage. <laughs> <laughs> There's a match we watched, Jacob, where they want to put Paul Bear in a shark cage. Oh, He's God. very adamant that he does not want to go in that cage. Yeah. And guess I what? ain't going in no shark cage. Yeah, and eventually he goes in that cage. Yeah. He's, he's in the cage. Oh, that's great. Animal claw. Yeah. So, Andrew, Andrew uh, just brought that whole joke around. Good job. Uh, Guys, these are just jokes. Nobody, none of these people so, do these bad things that no, we know of. That was a real recording of them. <laughs> we got our hands on exclusive recording. We're going to sell it device for it. For like, the next uh, dark side of the ring. Hulk Hogan does a promo. But what's the point? He's like, please I'll let me it, talk about it. it down. Yeah. What's the point of running it down now? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hulk Hogan's yeah. like, ah. Oh! <laughs> He does motorboat the words Royal Rumble, though, which yeah. is very funny. He's yeah. like, at the end, he's like, hold he on, Paul Bear is calling me for something. He says it's important. <laughs> <laughs> what the younger taker? What does that mean, Paul? <laughs> oh, yeah, brother. I got a lot of that. <laughs> you just hear, uh, you hear from off screen. Good. Because <laughs> they're in the same building. <laughs> okay okay there'll be a uh, 500 bucks brother god damn <laughs> <laughs> hey that's black market bro that's my appearance fee <laughs> sorry what i no, got no. for being in the royal rumble 
the 1990s, though very well received 1992. Oh, I feel like was... I've been hit in the head with an urn. <laughs> and with as many people there, that's a quarter of a cent per person. Yeah. I got. God damn it, I'm getting hosed. <laughs> so we have Albert, or we have uh, Howard Finkel, who runs down the rules of the Royal Rumble. Uh, and then we have President Jack Tunney, who announces the winner will be WWF champion. And Bobby Heenan goes, old Jack on the take Tunney. <laughs> 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 the worst president since Noriega. <laughs> uh, so the Royal Rumble, we have, uh, it starts and it's a British Bulldog. He's number one. Million Dollar Man is number two. And then uh, the Million Dollar Man is immediately eliminated. So... Then the story of the match, as it turns out, we have Ric Flair come out as number three. And I thought they did a cool thing. They do a really long shot down the aisleway as Flair walks out. Yeah. And Flair is like completely unaffected. He's like, I don't give a fuck. I'll wrestle this entire hour. Uh, and Bobby Heenan loses his mind. Yeah. He just goes, no. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> and he is not happy that Ric Flair has to beat 27 other men to get into yeah. Uh, and Monsoon is immediately on him and is like, no one who's ever drawn numbers one through five has been there at the end. And Brain just goes, oh, shut up. <laughs> he's, uh, he's barking instructions at Flair like I do when I watch a UFC fight that I really care about. He's like, yeah. get out of the way. Get out. Okay, no, just go under the, bo- the bottom <laughs> ring. All right, just take, sit in the corner. Don't do anything. Don't do anything. Take a breather, champ. <laughs> I'm sitting there just like not even a, like this is this is a wave that comes over me. I'm like, he's really concerned with Ric Flair. Or he's really concerned with Ric Flair, you know. And yeah, so, um, man, Bulldog, two things. Yeah, he bench presses Ric Flair like yeah. stand, a standing bench press, like straight up, up and down. So that was pretty cool. Very, he's strong, a very strong man. Yeah, very strong man. But. Not as strong as his hair. His hair, you see, <laughs> oh, like yeah. when yeah. when he starts, it's kind of like slicked back on top, and uh, it has the beads and everything. But once he wrestles a little bit, gets in a few headlocks, that hair turns into like straight up '90s poodle hair lady hair, yeah. and it's it's so funny. Yeah, it's almost Mr. Perfect levels. Mr. Perfect, yeah. Mr. Perfect, who came out with Ric Flair. He always comes out with his hair like slicked back or in a ponytail or something. And by the end, he looks like a crazy grandma in a fucking loony bin. Like, I love it. I yeah. love it. That was always one of my favorite things about anything is I like seeing like I like how in the Terminator, like the Terminator starts out with no damage. And by the end, he is just the skeleton and you get to see the. You oh, know, yeah. You get to see the. So same with the we talked about the ultimate warrior makeup. Mm-hmm. And like so, anytime I get to see a transformation because of a fight or whatever, I think that's fun. Um, yeah, Bulldog and it's hard also, to do in wrestling. In wrestling, because you don't get like black eyes and stuff. So like, Bulldog also did this. Like he kicked Brett Michaels onto the rope. Oh no, shit! I have to do it now. <laughs> I want action tonight. Satisfaction. So yeah. when, you, when Brett Michaels is a singer for Poison, Jacob, uh, 
there's, there, there is there is Bret Hart and then there's Shawn Michaels. <laughs> and I say Bret Michaels all the time on this and I have to play a, a poison uh, uh, a poison song afterwards. So we're going to hear, I don't know, a new one. The last one was skinny. Yeah, we're yep. down to I think the last one was uh, something angel, dark angel or fallen angel. That's what it was, mm. which is a good yeah. it's a good song that I've never heard before. So I'm gonna have to find a new poison song. So uh uh, uh, the British Bulldog kicks Shawn Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Michaels. I want action. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> onto, the to- onto the top rope, right? Is what you're saying. Yeah, dude. No, it was just, yeah. it was a really amazing move on both their parts. And I was very impressed. Uh, there's just certain, like, listen, man, watching this stuff, you know, it's fake, you know, and it's just like, there's still stuff they do where I'm like, that took total skill. And I, I don't I don't remember exactly what happened here, but they like he, he kicked him and he like flew into the air onto the rope oh, and, and when it, he crotched it, himself on the rope. Yes, yes. Is, yeah, that part. Yes, yes. And it was just an amazing like performance on both their parts. I was very impressed. Yeah. And because you could tell right before it, you could tell Michaels didn't land perfectly on the corner like he needed to. So he and he figured out a way to make it look okay where he actually hopped up onto the corner in the perfect spot to get kicked. Like uh, those guys are both pros. I mean, I'm not the biggest British Bulldog fan, to be honest, Dusty. I'm, I know you're a British Bulldog guy. Um, he bores the shit out of me. I don't know why, but at that move, I mean, I'm a, he's, he's a good wrestler, but like, I, yeah, I don't think he's like an interesting character. No, it was weird when he talked at the during the promo it's a weird accent man yeah. it's a it's a british guy who spent a lot of time in canada it's just a weird <laughs> accent and like he uh is he really is he really british he's he's for, he was born in england but i don't know how long he stayed there like i think right. we looked this up on the podcast one time i'll look it up again but uh the one right. thing the one thing that he did that he's done uh we watched which what was the other royal rumble we watched dusty was it 91 oh no the 97 royal rumble it was 97. Damn. I think yeah. I, I thought it was an early one still. And he's British Bulldogs walking in and he's he's telling the camera like they're they're shooting him as he walks into the building. And he's like, I'm going to win this and I'm going to win this because I'm bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They go, Why are you going to win? And he goes, because I'm bizarre. <laughs> yes. It didn't make any sense. It was one of my favorite lines ever. Um, so, yeah, I thought Shawn Michaels makes a very good accounting of, of himself in his first like singles uh main run uh because he's got some cool he takes some cool bumps in this match and he has like little interactions with flair at the beginning that are cool um, well, and you can tell the flair influence that he has he's doing a lot of flair bumps like uh you know flair does that bump that he always does that i love very much when he gets punched and he looks fine and he takes like a couple steps forward and then he just falls on his face uh <laughs> yep. Michael, when he did that, Shawn Michaels did another bump right next to him, like the same type of bump. And uh, I know Shawn uh, Michaels idolized Ric Flair forever. I bet it was a thrill to be able to work with him like this. Uh, So the Barbarian is out at number seven. And Bobby Heenan goes, they don't get smaller. They just get bigger. And uh, Monsoon goes, the Barbarian doesn't like Ric Flair. And Bobby Heenan goes, he doesn't like anyone. I used to manage him and he barely liked me. Yeah. Why do you think they call him the barbarian? He's not a hairdresser on his day off. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah, he kept uh, I love my favorite thing that he kept doing in this match is every new guy that came in. Uh, he was he was like, oh, no, not him. And, <laughs> yeah. and then and also he would talk about like uh, uh, when Sags came in, Sags was like, what, fourth or fifth? 
Yeah, number four. Yeah, uh, uh, Heenan was like, sad to the nasty boys, a 300 pound guy. <laughs> Yeah. He's, he's just pissed that Flair's getting all yeah, of he, he, <laughs> That's what he kept doing. He kept being like, oh, now Flair's going to have trouble with this guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Every, that's why he kept telling him to hide and like sit in the corner and let the other people fight. Every guy is only interesting to Bobby Heenan in relation to how bad it is for Ric Flair. Yeah, like, that's he's, all uh, and then Bobby Heenan, they're, uh, the guys are wrestling and he goes, best way, to win, best way to win this match is to come into the ring with a wrench. And Gorilla Monsoon goes, will you stop? And he goes, a big crescent wrench. (laughs) (laughs) And I I thought about that line because it's a great line. A wrench, and I think I've even said this, a wrench is a funny tool. Like the word wrench is funny. It's more funny than even like a screwdriver or a hammer or something like that. Like you come in with a wrench. Like yeah. it was for some reason, like, and, and Heenan was a master at that stuff. He knew timing very well. He knew inflection really well. He knew, he had the one-liners, but the one-liners that he had weren't as like you hear like Jerry Lawler with one-liners and Jerry Lawler's still good. I mean, we praised him a lot on the last episode, but Heenan, his one-liners seemed original. Not all of them. I'm sure there were a lot of street jokes that got worked into things, but like he, he was a unique uh, performer in that. And he had comedic timing. He had comedic instincts. He really, I think could have um, had a comedy career, uh, like a physical comedy. Like uh, was it, where did I see it? Something was on the internet that you might've, I might've tweeted it once or you might've tweeted it or something where, uh, Monsoon and Heenan are uh, sitting there and Heenan and Monsoon has a party favor and he hits Heenan in the face with it. And Heenan like react like jolts really quick. Like he reacted like a like a stooge or like an old an old time comedy guy um, or like uh, Lou Costello. I think was the chubby guy in Abbott and Costello. Um, you reminded me he said that the, the Bushwhackers are, are living proof that the three stooges had children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot he said that. Yeah. <laughs> And it's a good line. And it's like uh, he knows he knows wrench is the funny word. Yeah. Other than something uh, else. He's uh, like, num- it's the big boss, man. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> number, you know, uh, I'm sorry. I was going to say number 10 is Jacob's favorite. The repo man. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, God. And, and he sneaks to the ring. <laughs> Dude, he, he like comes out of the curtain like the fucking Riddler. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like like uh, like old Frank Gorshin, the Riddler from the 60s. Yeah. And he's just he's like looking around, not even noticing the 40,000 people surrounding yeah. him. And then he like he's like a cat. He like notices something happening in the ring. And then he like slowly creeps towards it. And then he sneaks up behind Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, there's a part where Flair goes to team up with the Barbarian, and he high fives the Barbarian, and then immediately turns him around and tries to chop him, but it has no effect. And Bobby Heenan's like, "No, yeah, <laughs> dude, what is Ric Flair? Uh, you know, I had his action figure, and I was upset that you know they all come with they do their signature move, you know, yeah, like yeah. They have, and like his action figure did some kind of other move than his signature move because Ric Flair's signature move is the no please don't hurt me stop yeah. please. please stop please stop no and then, they call that the beg off is what <laughs> that's a signature move yeah 
he that that's actually one of my favorite flair things like he's like oh come on come on come on think about this think about this and then he'll just kick you in the balls it's like when a kid's picking on you on the playground and then you fucking get the stick yeah he's like stop it stop stop exactly yeah that's exactly what rick flair's character uh was into and jacob what i was going to tell you about the the royal rumble now now they play the music when the person's about to come out and they start the music just before they come out so there's the whole crowd's going five, four, uh, three, two, one. Then you hear and it's and it's Stone Cold. You know what I mean? Everybody freaks yeah. out and then Stone Cold comes out. They've nailed the timing of that to where it's an even better surprise when everybody comes out. And the cool thing about the Royal Rumble is it's a situation where um, wrestlers you haven't seen for a long time can join the Royal Rumble because they only have to be in there for a few minutes. They get an intro. Somebody fucking throws their ass over the top, uh, the top rope and they're gone. You know what I mean? So like yeah. you see a lot of old wrestlers show up in the Royal Rumble when they when they need rumors or, or people debuting in the Royal, Royal Rumble or something. It's always good for a big pop. That's why I like the Royal Rumble. So much. Uh, Johnny Knoxville is going to be in this year's Royal Rumble. He is. Ah! He is. That is, a, <laughs> is prob- it Sunday. No, it's the end of the month. Got to got to promote that new movie. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna. He'll probably come out to the bang, ding, 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 ding. Oh, he's got ding, it. Ding, 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 ding. Hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville. No, it should be, it should, it should just be his voice at first. Hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Jackass. Blang, 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 and then and then he <laughs> comes out. Uh, so the big boss man had come out in the interim here <laughs> and eliminated the Repo Man, and I love the Repo Man's commitment to his bit because after he gets thrown out, he still looks around like sneakily like he's there's always there's always yeah, yeah he's like there's always oh, something man. to steal <laughs> i got i got kicked out now where do i go oh <laughs> looks like the exit's over there yeah. <laughs> he should have taken somebody's beer or something it's, uh it's down to boss man and flair and boss man's just beating the shit out of rick flair and he hits the crane kick that kick yeah. dude that, <laughs> that kick's worth watching the whole thing for i couldn't I believe it I couldn't I know, it, dude, it seemed like his leg grew to <laughs> the go go gadget leg. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was yeah. like long ass. It was like some Matrix shit. I was like, did I just see what I, <laughs> what I just saw? Uh, and then I would Bob, rewind it, but fucking Peacock. Peacock, man. I don't want to watch that Craig Robinson uh, commercial anymore. It'll just have to live in my mind. Uh, yeah. And so Flair ducks the boss man who tries to dive at him. And uh, boss man gets eliminated, and so Flair's the only one in the ring. And Bobby Heenan goes, Flair's the champion, yeah, he's <laughs> the only to, one left. He tried and, to declare and, him the champion, it's not even half over, he's trying to yeah. declare him the champion. Uh, and I thought this was this is where the match like picks up really well is it's Flair in the ring by himself, and then Rowdy Piper is the next entrant, and Flair's face is probably he's just like, Oh, oh god, yeah, and, and of everybody, is not it happy. could be. No. Keenan is not happy at Roddy Piper either. And Roddy Piper, unsurprisingly, comes out like a goddamn Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. He wants to kill Ric Flair. <laughs> uh, he uses all of his three stooges offense on Flair. Like oh, Flair he pokes tries- him in the eyes like four times. <laughs> Flair tries to hit him with an atomic drop and uh uh Piper blocks it and then just pokes him in the eye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, Jacob, uh Roddy Piper is the rare good guy baby face who cheats all the time like that's why it's it's a it, he's not he wasn't always a baby face like he turned heel a couple a couple times or, or 
Dusty? Yeah, he'd been a heel on and off. Yeah. So, but he, when he is a baby face, he's not the type of baby face that's like integrity. Like I play by the rules. I win clean all this stuff. Like he is literally, he's always trying to cheat or do something dirty just because he's a, he's a fighter and a maniac and the the crowd loved him. Like he was Scottish. Oh yeah. Well, and because he was in, uh, he'll be a baby face to me forever because he was in They Live. So. Yeah, absolutely. He's all out of bubble gum. Yeah. Uh, he puts Flair in a sleeper, and then Jake the Snake comes out next, and Jake the Snake's like, it's cool, bro. I don't care. And he just rolls in the ring and sits in the corner. And yeah. then as soon as Piper turns his back, uh, he attacks him, and he goes, I never, uh, Bobby Heenan goes, I never thought that I would say this. Thank you, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, and then he helps Flair. Jake the Snake helps Flair up and immediately hits him with a clothesline. <laughs> and Heenan turns on Jake the Snake. Yeah. <laughs> so you son of a bitch. Yeah. See, that's what I'm talking uh, about. It being an off night. That's that's two Jake the Snake appearances, and there ain't go. There ain't no damn snake. Uh, <laughs> well, I, this is uh, this is just Cobra Jake. Phase. <laughs> <laughs> this is Cobra phase. Jake the Snake. Uh, so the snake is a lot less uh prominent man oh really okay because yeah. in the, i was gonna say it's hard in the my thought was maybe because it's the royal rumble we don't want this sta- snake to get trampled but, okay, uh, but you know we like, watched have... a royal rumble where jake the snake fucking chucked the snake <laughs> from yeah. the entrance ramp and it landed on the ground and the snake was like ah if you want to laugh jacob uh if you're near a computer Look up the poster for the Royal Rumble 1992 because uh, it's really cool. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's like cartoon kind of art, but Jake the Snake is in the front and he's holding the fucking Cobra like it's a thing to do. Uh, it's so funny. Like, like it's a thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm it's, such, it's such oh, a... Oh, yeah. Funny. See? <laughs> That's what I wanted to see. When it in the promo because it starts on his face and then he looks like he's holding something and then it turns out he's just hugging himself. Yeah, uh, but I the like snake the, was in the middle of really hardcore contract negotiations. With <laughs> in the uh, I like that in that even in that poster he's holding the black glove that you need to hold the 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 yeah. cobra because it wants to be accurate. Oh, safety it, first. It was yeah. a de- it was a defanged cobra. Is that correct? It was uh, well devenomized. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh, it still fucking hurt you. I, I think it still had fangs, didn't it? Yeah, because it it attacked Macho Man. We I think we talked about it last time. The snake bit Macho Man, and Vince right. McMahon is like, "That snake better be devenomized." Yeah. And, uh, which Jake's is like, uh, maybe Jake, yeah. the, Jake the Snake punched the snake to make sure that it latched on to Macho Man. He yeah. told us the story. It was great. It was a great time that we uh, got Jake the Snake. Piper saves Flair from a DDT, and uh, Bobby Heenan goes, "Thank you, Rowdy." I never thought I'd say this, but it's a kilt, Rowdy. It's not a skirt. And then <laughs> Piper attacks Flair and Bobby Heenan goes, Piper, you freak. You no good skirt wearing freak. Yeah. I thought he said, Piper, you creep. I thought that's what oh. that was the first line. You no good skirt wearing freak. It's not a kilt. It's a skirt. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you and the younger taker are up to. Yeah. <laughs> I my he favorite turned thing, on him in like in like two yeah, seconds. <laughs> maybe my favorite Bobby Heenan thing is that like every time he does that, it immediately makes me laugh. Like his his the way that he will immediately go back on something is so funny to me. Dude, he uh, anything that's self serving that's the perfect heel thing. Like yeah. 
that I, I just, he's just the gold standard. Like, and all the guys after him have been good. Like we've talked about how many of these kill guys that we've enjoyed, but like Bobby Heenan is just so good, man. And, and I got to watch more manager stuff because managers are some of my favorite things in uh, wrestling and like Heenan and Cornette and Heyman and all these guys like Jimmy Hart, I can kind of take or leave. I like him, but like, I don't think I, I don't enjoy him as much as I like those other guys. Uh, um, and, but I just love Vicky Guerrero, like all the, yeah. all the, just the heel managers that come out and just all their, their entire job is to make people hate them. And, uh, Heenan was the best. I I've so, so far what I've seen Heenan, I can say Heenan was the best at it. Uh, number 20 is the undertaker. Uh, and then, oh. <laughs> yeah, then 21 is Macho Man, and Jake the Snake kept doing this thing in the match that they brought up, which is every time the bell would go off, Jake would stop what he was doing to like look at the entrance ramp to real see quick if it was ma- macho <laughs> to see if it was Macho Man. And the Macho Man, if you want to say uh, Rowdy Piper ran out, oh, that Jesus Macho Christ, Man, yeah. oh, he was like, like Forrest Gump. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was <He's>, running. <laughs> he sprints to the ring and he's looking for uh for savage or he's looking for jake the snake but he gets cut off by undertaker and then jake climbs back in the ring because he's such a heel like and, and then savage does eliminate him and then i don't know he jumps over the top rope to keep fighting jake the snake and the rules of the royal rumble are loose regarding eliminating yourself it's mostly like do we want to pretend that it counts or do we not and yeah, that pissed me off yeah, I didn't like that because I was like, I wrote, I was like, I th- I think it's a good storyline, like, and I think they brought him back just because he was he was one of the four, last four guys left, and they they, yeah. they had that finish figured out or whatever. But like, uh, I think it's good. It's, it, it, that adds a lot of heat to a storyline if the guy stinking eliminates himself from the Royal Rumble, a chance at the title to get at uh, uh to get at him a little bit longer. You know what I mean? Yeah. To add Jake the Snake a little bit longer, like. So he he jumps out and like so beating up Jake the Snake matters to him more than getting the WWF title. Like I was like, oh, that's a good, that's a good idea. Like a, yeah. and then for I don't know why why did Undertaker go out and start beating him up? Because uh, him and Jake the Snake are a team at this point, not like a tag team, but they're oh they're just stable mates, basically they're homies. Yeah, yeah I didn't know that. That's a weird match. Yeah. Well, two creepy dudes, you know, hanging out. I guess Jake the Snake's creepy. He's got that voice, the oh, mustache. He's hanging out with snakes, you yeah. know. King of black the snakes. <laughs> they're, they're hanging out at the black market together. That's a black, yeah. Hey, listen, you don't disparage Jake the Snake like that. We can talk about Undertaker and, and <laughs> no, joke he, about Paul. He Bear. knows nothing about that stuff. No, he, he knows just, nothing. Oh, he like, just hangs out. That's where he hangs out. Yeah. He's like, why is Paul always on the phone? Man. <laughs> He's like, man, I just like hanging out here because this is where all the good, uh, the bad words are. <laughs> I was gonna. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I was gonna say this. That's where all the good pussy is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just gonna beat that whole thing out. (laughs) Uh, So that then there's like a string of guys that like there's no fucking way any of these dudes are winning the Royal Rumble. Like Virgil comes out, and you're like, all right, well, he's just he's here. Yeah, just as likely as Ric Flair to me at the moment. I I had no idea. I had no idea Ric Flair was gonna win this. but then Bobby Heenan goes, Virgil just came out. Goes, yeah. And he goes, so that means he was in the back. He goes, yeah. He goes, well, who knows how many bags he went through back there? <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. 
<laughs> I didn't hear him say that. That's really good. So really good. Uh, 25 is Hulk Hogan, of course, to a giant pop, or I think maybe Hogan's 27. Whatever. Hogan comes out and he's uh and Bobby Heenan has started the praying phase. Yeah. of his announcing where he's like i promise if you let flair win i'll never do or say anything bad again i'll be a completely different person yeah. and, uh monsoon goes where have i heard that before uh and, <laughs> and he just keeps praying and then uh bobby and goes i need something to drink hey you stupid give me something to drink <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna lose my house <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I wish that i wish there was a character named stupid like yeah. like it was he they hired just a shitty like uh assistant for bobby Heenan, yeah. and he was just stupid i sent uh andrew a clip earlier jacob where when rick flair arrives it's the first time rick flair is going to show up at wwf television and bobby heenan's backstage and he's just yelling at all the different assistants and stuff and there's this lady that's doing something and he goes what you don't own a dress and he goes uh couldn't you wear something nice who dresses you the state speaking of ladies real quick there was an uh, old lady uh you see her at the beginning of like at the beginning when dibiase and rick flair going at it speaking yeah. of i saw flair the other day dibiase's coming to my area oh Hell yes it was yeah. probably He's probably making up for all that money he stole. Uh, oh, he's the million dollar man. What are you talking about? He embezzled him and his son embezzled a bunch of church money. That's uh, how he got a million dollars. Yeah. They, they had it coming. <laughs> so well, uh, at least he wasn't in a tobacco ring. But anyway, yeah. there's this old lady that is uh, in very enthusiastic, most enthusiastic person in this crowd. She's in the front row and uh, she was killing me. Uh, she's so happy to see Ric Flair fight. I yeah. could just tell. That's uh, oh man, but he's an he's the nature boy. I like to in these old shows where like I like I know uh, the results generally. Uh, I like to find a person in the crowd and just watch their reactions to all of the things. Yeah, uh, because that's very funny finding someone on the hard camera and just tracking how they feel the whole night. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So the they announced that Ric Flair is now the record holder for the most time spent in the Royal Rumble. And Bobby Heenan goes, just give him the title. That should be enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He keeps every every time they, they mention any of his accomplishments like that means he should win. Please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number twenty nine is Sid Justice. And Bobby Heenan just goes, I need a wide shot. You have to keep it at a wide shot. I need to know where Flair is at all times. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting uh, ringside. Yeah. <laughs> of, there were there were a couple times where they were so focused on who was coming out, and there was some real stuff happening, yeah, like wrestling wise. Over, like I'd see the like wide camera, and I'm like, oh my god, like they need to be commenting on what's happening over <laughs> here because this is crazy. Virtual yeah. so, like, just got eliminated. Yeah, there's uh, a lot exa- of times. Exactly. It's it's yeah. an it seems to be an art in the Royal Rumble to time your spots to where it's not when everybody's looking at the ramp, <laughs> but not it's, it's it doesn't always work out that way. Well, and now they do a lot more ambitious stuff. Like back in this, it's a lot of like punching and kicking and like holding a guy near the rope. Yeah. Until like try to throw him over. Yeah, this is where I could tell a lot of, and this is what I was talking about earlier. This is where I could tell they were like guys. Some of us got to fight for like half an hour. Let's just like 
let's make yeah. it let's make it not hard on ourselves and you know it's it's just kind of a lazy that's a, that's a lot yeah. of royal rumbles you'll see yeah. guys that are just like sitting in the corner like because a lot of it is like you're trying to find somebody to work like you're, you're trying to find somebody to fight because like you're yeah. like i'm just sitting here all these guys I mean, right. it's like it's like there's there's 11 people at the dance party basically <laughs> right right yeah. like can, well, can yeah, you, can even, you can even tell a couple times flair like goes to somebody to like tap him on the shoulder to be like hey i'm right here i'm gonna chop you and then a different guy just comes and punches flair out of his <laughs> yeah. peripheral yeah and he's like he's not ready for it uh oh by the way uh we haven't mentioned him yet he was in kind of early texas tornado was in this match yes carrie von uh, eric and that yeah. is carrie von eric um i read a little bit about the von erics today you told me about the von erics a long time ago but i read a little bit about it today because yeah. i mean it was a long time ago you told me this shit it's a bummer yeah, holy shit, by the way. Yeah. Uh, he and two of his brothers committed suicide. Uh, and uh, he committed suicide like the next year. And he his right foot was fake during this entire match. I mean, uh, the, I don't probably shouldn't didn't have to say entire. It's not like he got a fake foot in the middle of the match. But he <laughs> yeah. don't say he moved around. OK, he looks more like Thomas Hayden Church than <laughs> Lex Luthor does. Lex Luthor how, does. how do you lose his foot? motorcycle uh, accident. well and, then, and like the motorcycle accident like fucked him up and then he did something that, hold on uh, he going. was high he was high on uh like what they say is high on prescription drugs and he stepped on it like what right after the surgery after yeah all the, that's what it after, was like after all the pins and shit were in it and just re-broke it and they had to amputate it yikes and yeah, yeah the Von Erics learned, are a crazy story. He learned to wrestle again with that fake boot on his like you could you wouldn't be able to tell unless you knew uh, because he moves around pretty well. Yeah, you can oh. see a little bit of a limp if you look now, if you know, but I didn't notice it until I, I looked it up and he didn't tell anybody he had a fake foot like yeah. he would shower with his boots on after matches and yeah. like um, he who was it? I think it was Piper said that. Yeah. Piper was, uh, they were really good friends, like really like best friends. And, um, uh, he, Piper said that, uh, Von Eric was comfortable enough to sit with me in a hotel and shoot the breeze with his prosthetic off. So like that, the, the fact that Piper like made a point to say that, cause it, the world didn't find out that he had a fake foot until after he died. Um, it's, it's a, just a wild story. Um, some of the things that, uh, like he had a, con a well, conversation with Bret Hart before he did it. That was really heartbreaking. And like, it's the, the the Von Eric story is it's a dark side of the ring episode and I haven't watched it yet and I'm probably yeah. going to watch it very soon. Um, you should also, if you have the time to watch it, there's a good documentary on Peacock called the rise and fall of world-class championship wrestling. And that okay. was his, that was his dad's promotion. Oh, so does it follow in. the family a lot too? Yeah. It's oh. like the promotion that his uh, the dark side episode is really good too, but this dives sort of deeper into it. Oh, okay. And it's like kind of a cool look at like regional wrestling in the eighties, but yeah. like they were impossibly popular, like it, that they ran that promotion for years and years, just off the Von Eriks versus another team called the Freebirds, And it was like in Texas, it was as popular. If you listen to the people like as high school football is in Texas is like crazy. Yeah. And, and I, I know they're like super royalty. Yeah, and but it ends up being sad. Like, it one of their one of their sons was like uh, accidentally electrocuted, and then another one of them died of the toxic shock syndrome, and like 
or one of them got toxic shock syndrome and then one of the other brothers died like his uh intestines burst it's it's terrible all the way around there's so only they, one so they were cursed yeah uh, essentially saying. there was only there's yes. only one surviving brother kevin von eric is the only living brother from the von erics he is and the he one is that terrified. plays the curse yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> the one who plays the curse <laughs> uh, i'm so, gonna get all my brother's money <laughs> so uh number 30 is the warlord and before he comes out uh gorilla monsoon is like well we know who number 30 is it has to be the warlord and bobby heenan goes you never know what jack tunney's up to it could be anybody and then the warlord comes out and bobby heenan goes i knew it was the warlord (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and the like in the world of impossible bodies that exist in wrestling the warlord is like the uber he could be goro in a mortal Kombat movie like he looks insane oh yeah he's uh, a big fucker yeah real big good. fucker who's the guy that came in that looked like a yoked out jake the snake roberts he's huge and he had a mustache oh yeah there was a guy that did oh hercules hey, it was hercules because at first yeah. i was like fuck jake the snake's you oh that's not jake the snake <laughs> right, right, <no. laughs> there was also um oh yeah like uh the model was victim uh, yeah. Martel. Yeah, I didn't recognize him. It was once again, it was like a, a Clark Kent glasses thing. Like <laughs> he shaved his mustache and cut his hair. And I, I he could have walked by me in broad daylight and I'd be like, that's a handsome fella. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that guy should be a model. Uh <laughs> if you had the pink tights, the pink tights are the giveaway. Yeah. Well, he, had, he had pink underwear, yeah. yeah. I I mean, but I was I was like I was disappointed in myself. So we get to the end and Flair, uh, Sid Justice and Savage are paired off and Flair and Hogan are paired off and Justice has Savage like lifted up and Flair hits a knee, which drops Savage out of the match. And then Sid Justice throws Hulk Hogan out while he's trying to throw Flair out. And then Hulk Hogan, as is his way, is a sore ass loser and he grabs Sid Justice by the arm. And then Flair takes advantage and flips Sid over to the top rope and wins. And Bobby Heenan, like he's a, he's ecstatic. He gets to keep his house. Yep. <laughs> they aren't coming. They aren't coming to break his legs. <laughs> yep. and, uh, good day for then, Bobby. Yeah. Good day for Bobby Heenan. And uh, but I don't like that they they kind of immediately cut from Flair to Sid and Hogan in the ring having a standoff. Yeah. Uh, Cause like he, Ric Flair just wrestled an hour to become the world champion, and they're like, "But let's see what these two dudes are yeah, up to." And they Hogan, they kind of yeah they drive him out of the ring, and he's it's, like yeah. he has to go like accept his belt off camera like with the with yeah. the Mean Gene or whoever. That's probably the only way that Hulk would agree to fucking lose this thing. Yeah, it's got to end with me in the ring. It's got to be about me <laughs> afterwards, brother. That's well, the only way we're Ho- gonna sell tickets here, brother. Yeah, uh, Hogan. That dude oh, sorry. oozes star power. I'm sorry. <laughs> when when he fucking comes into the ring on this Royal Rumble, it brightens. The sun starts shining, if you know what I mean. He's a bitch. <laughs> um, so Hogan had won the previous two <laughs> years of Royal Rumbles. Uh, and so and then he loses this one. But he they, so they switch WrestleMania eight around. So Flair's the champion and he ends up wrestling Macho Man Randy Savage for the world title. Where uh, Flair promises that if he loses, uh, that he's going to reveal compromising pictures of Mrs. Elizabeth. Uh, <laughs> because if he, he loses, 
Yeah, because he claims that he and Liz had a relationship before Savage and Liz had a relationship. And there's a really funny WWF magazine where it's like it was pictures of Liz and Macho at home, and they have all these photos of them hanging out. And then, like a month later, they come out with the Ric Flair photos, and it's just the same photos with Ric Flair like superimposed (laughs) over them. That's perfect. Uh, And so then they do that, and they do Hogan versus Sid as the main event. So Macho and Flair for the world title go on in the middle of the card. And Hogan and Sid in the card because it was supposed to be quote unquote Hogan's last match because they were in the middle of the steroid thing. And Vince is like, you got to fucking go, bro. <laughs> uh, and uh, that's where the Ultimate Warrior returns. Uh, I bet it was, I bet it was, uh, Hogan was like, I'm, I know it's not the title, but I, I'm, I'm going to be the main event, right? And they're like, no, man. World titles main event. He's like, what if it's my last match? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess uh, we'll put you as a main event, Hulk. So yeah, right, you uh, will. Interesting at the end. I thought a fair amount of this crowd is with Sid, just because as Andrew and I have talked about it, Sid has some sort of weird, uh, undefinable charisma that people like. Dude, it's super weird how much people love Psycho Set, Psycho Sid. Like, yeah. but I don't hate him. He's no. just super over. It's like he's like, but but like I said, I think in the Royal Rumble, I don't know if anybody got a bigger ovation than Jim Duggan. Yeah. Oh, dude. People he love Jim him. Duggan. People he loves love America, Duggan. dude. He's got true. a two by four. Uh, oh. So uh, they cut to Flair in the back, and he cuts a promo while he's being presented with the title, which I thought was pretty good. Where he's like, uh, the line is, "You could, I could tell you with a tear in my eye, this is the greatest moment of my life." <laughs> and then Bobby Heenan and Mr. Perfect are just celebrating ecstatically behind him. They're like hugging each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Bobby Heenan and Perfect hit the, the line at the end where they go, we aren't the kind of guys to say we told you so, but we told you so. Mm-hmm. And then that's how the show goes off the air. And I thought uh, pillar to post Bobby Heenan owns this event. He's so funny. And he adds so much like uh, the thing I read said, uh, Jim Ross said, yeah, even whenever he's clearly <laughs> behind Ric Flair, like he's given stuff to everybody, whether he's selling the fear of Hulk Hogan or the barbarian or whoever, but he's, he was just so good. Yeah. And he did a good job of ramping up his fixation on Flair yeah. um, where he was talking about the whole evening, obviously, but he was talking about the individual matches as they were happening as well. And he was like, you talked about, he was like kind of uh, perpetuating the gimmicks of everybody. But as it got closer and closer to the Royal rumble, he got more fixated on wanting to go to the back and finding out what number flair was, or just, he was thinking he was singularly minded. And then throughout the whole Royal rumble, he just completely lost it. Like he completely lost any control and he talked about how, like, I don't I, I think I'm going to have a hard time being objective. And Monsoon's like, when are you ever objective? <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it was it was really good. Really good. Yeah. And I think Monsoon deserves his credit, too, because he's a he was a great foil for Bobby Heenan and knew exactly where to, like, go in to poke Heenan to get Heenan to re- to react. Love it. Love yeah. it. Love it every second of Monsoon. <laughs> yeah, Gorilla Monsoon's awesome. Uh, I, I I've grown an appreciation for him over the only. I mean, we've only seen him commentate 
two pay-per-views, I think. Yeah. I think it was just this one and WrestleMania six. And I'm glad I was here for both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll, and, and you'll be here for future ones. <laughs> yeah. And the repo man. Glad I could do <laughs> the repo man. I think no, My I God. think we've seen the repo man. Was he in the SummerSlam that we did or the one that we did for that fucking guy? Oh that, yes. He, was he in was that one? Because I know we've seen him before. Um, Remember that was where demolition explodes because it was Crush versus <laughs> Repo Man. Oh shit! Okay, yeah. goddamn. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you have time constraints, Jacob. I have some 1992 things that I feel like you might be interested in. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That are pop culture related. As you said, the number one movie of the year, obviously, is Batman Returns. Uh, of course, of course, like a giant, but. The number one movie of the week of this uh, pay-per-view. It's a movie that uh, became prominent to me on our local Fox affiliate, Fox 26, because I used to play it every Saturday. The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. With Rebecca De Mornay. And um, God, who's that guy? Uh, uh, is it Forrest Whitaker? Is Forrest Whitaker that guy in that movie? I don't think he's in The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. No, no, I, there's... I'll go again. Ernie yeah. Hudson. It's Ernie Hudson. Yeah. Yes. And Julianne Moore is in that movie. Yes. Uh, great movie. I saw that in the theater. Yeah. It okay. It cost eleven million dollars to make. It was a giant hit. Do you either of you care to guess for 1992 money how much money you think the hand that rocked the cradle made? I'm gonna go 44 million. Okay. I'm gonna go uh 52 million. Price is right rules. Andrew wins, but uh, way off. It's a hundred and forty million dollars. God damn! <laughs> it rocks damn. The That's a nineteen ninety two money. Shit. Yeah, that is uh, the. There's some movies that just come along, especially back in those days when like you never heard of it, you don't know what's going on, but for some reason, like everybody's like a nanny that kills people. Sure, yeah. with a I'll tragic go... backstory. Let me out. Yeah, I'll go see that. I feel like yeah. that movie fucked up a bunch of people, though, because then afterwards they were like, well, we're not going to ever have a babysitter. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Like... De Mornay was really good as the villain in that. She was she was great. Um, the best picture winner of that year uh, is Silence of the Lambs, which won five. Classic. Yeah, it won best picture, best actor, best actress, best director and best adapted screenplay. Uh, Man, it, it got all of them. Yeah, it, it, got, it swept it, the Oscars. Andrew, have you ever seen it? Of course you haven't. Get I've out of seen, my house. I've only seen uh, Hannibal Lecter. Is that the second one? What's the second one? Hannibal. Hannibal? Yeah. Is that the second one or the first one? So you That's saw that one. without having any context? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I watch things weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you like so, it? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> it's a good movie. <laughs> it's good. I fucking liked it. Now imagine a better movie. I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Guy. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's hard to. You know what yeah. I mean? No, uh, Signs uh, of Lambs is one of those. It's just one of those where you're like, wow, that was a really perfect movie that touches all the all the beats. Is that hello but, hello Clarice? Oh yeah. Is that uh would you fuck me? Yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, I ate his liver with farva beans and a nice Chianti. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. I, I just we know all that. did it. I just yeah. know that because of Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> uh, so there, the I took the five best picture nominees. I'm going to say 
that Andrew, you've only seen one of these movies. Okay. Possibly, possibly two of these movies. Jacob, I'm going to say you've seen four of these movies. We don't talk about movies as much, but I'm still going to say maybe one of these you didn't see. Oh, he's going with four. Okay. Jacob's probably got it on DVD. He's probably got them all. So it was Silence of the Lambs. Mm -hmm. Saint it. Beauty and the Beast. Saint it. The the animated animated one. Yeah, I've seen that one. I do own both of those movies, yes. Uh, That's the first movie I ever saw in the theater. Beauty and the Beast. Oh, that's that's great. I saw that in the theater as well. Nice. Uh, Bugsy. About Bugsy Malone with uh, Warren Beatty. Yes, I have seen that. Don't own it. Okay, I've I've not seen that movie. Uh, JFK Siegel, or Bugsy Siegel, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Bugsy Malone. I don't know who that is. Yeah. Uh, JFK starring Kevin Costner. God, it's a good movie. Yeah, no, uh, own it. One. I was gonna. That was the one. That was the one on the outside that I thought you might have seen, Andrew, just because it's like historically significant, like at yeah, school or something. It's, it's kind of historically significant. It's Back like, and to it's not the a documentary. Land. You know what I mean? Yeah. Back and to <laughs> the Dude, it might as well be. <laughs> and, I'm sure it's factually inaccurate. <laughs> and well, they don't solve it. That's the. No, they don't. They don't. <laughs> like I know as much about what happened to JFK after I watched three hours of JFK. Uh, that i did before it's just it's really well acted and it's really well paced yeah. it's a really yeah. great movie but it it doesn't all do I, anything uh, to to crack it open for you <laughs> all i had to do to crack it open was go to dallas and i stood there's, a, there's an <laughs> x in the street right where the shot happened and then there is also a, a vendor will have a a little tv set up because they're selling dvds of the zapruder film and cool. you're standing on the x looking at the film and looking at where the shot was supposed to have come from, and there's no fucking way to quote Bill Hicks. <laughs> you're just like, you're just like, there's no way that came from there. It actually came from over there. And somebody goes, "That's the grassy knoll," and you're like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, I, 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 th- I think Oswald shot him. Uh, <laughs> I think, <laughs> of course, <laughs> I think I think that it would have been real stupid to have somebody else shoot him and say it came from that way. But and I've also stood there and looked and been like, I could probably hit him with a fucking rock from here. But oh uh, come on, it was it's a lot closer than you think it is. But, but it's, uh, it's the angle and it's the way that his head goes back, and that's what in the movie JFK they talk about. A lot. Yeah, but the uh, we don't we don't have to get into the minutia of this, but. That's been that's been like explained by physics. It's the same it thing as like the, the the steel beams thing. It's it's been explained by people, but people just don't, watched. Don't try to Kevin pop Costner. how I feel about this. <laughs> people just watch Kevin Costner and go, "This right. that is all here's, I'm going to learn about this situation." Here's, here's <laughs> when you say people, role. you mean me? No, <laughs> no, I'm I'm talking about a lot of JFK. No, I'm just kidding. Changed a lot of people's minds about that. <laughs> here's here's my roll of the dice. Yeah. For I'm going to say, yeah, I know you haven't seen this movie okay? because uh, I've never seen it. So I can't imagine you would have mm-hmm. seen it. Uh, Prince of Tides. Was that Robin Williams? No, no. no I believe that is a Barbara Jeff Bridges. I think that's Barbara Streisand. Isn't it? It is, okay. I, it is, I have not uh, seen Prince of I'm Tides. I'm seeing um, uh, Nick Nolte. Barbara Streisand. Oh yeah, no, not seen it. And you know what? When I think back really hard, I don't know if I actually saw Bugsy. I was quite aware of it, but I don't know if I saw it. I was more. I'm more likely to think that you probably saw Bugsy than Prince of Tides. You know, George Carlin's in fucking. 
Prince of Tides. Because Beatty was coming off a of dick crazy with that. And usually if I if if I saw something I liked, I would at least watch the next movie that person did. Yeah, I think George Carlin's doing his seven words you can't say on TV bit during Prince of Tides. Hell uh, yeah, dude. So uh also real movie of the year from 1991, the Terminator 2 won four Oscars at that mm. year's Oscars. So uh none of the big awards, but it remains in my heart as the movie of 1991. That one uh, I've seen. Yeah, because it's a perfect movie. Saw it at uh, Jacob's house. Yeah, Absolutely like perfect. like three years ago. <laughs> I'll, be um, me a long I'll be back time. in ten seconds. Hold on. <laughs> All right. One of his one of his sex slaves uh, <laughs> escaped. When your sex long. slaves got out, huh? That was longer. Than this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard the chains. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm, I am, I am somewhat hesitant to go down this road. Yeah, we shall. <laughs> the number one album, uh, the 1992 starts pretty hot. Nin- the first week, the number one album is Michael Jackson, Dangerous. Dangerous. Yeah. Which yeah, one is, da- what is Dangerous? I had that on it. Dangerous. <laughs> I think that has black or white on it. Yeah, that's black or white. That's healed the world. That's jam. Jam. Why you want to trip yeah. on me? Fucking on forever me, yeah. slept on Michael Jackson's song in the closet. In that she drives me wild. Remember the time can't let her get away. Heal the world. Black or white. Who is it? Goddamn. Give in to me. Will you be there? This is a banger it's a album. album. It's a great album. It's a great. Dangerous album. is a very very good album. Uh, then the week after that, everybody returned the Dangerous albums that they got for Christmas because Nirvana Nevermind was Nirvana, number one. Never mind. Oh, they came yeah. in and they were like, never mind. <laughs> yeah. I hear the chains again. Hold on just a second. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that story, right? That like a number they say Nirvana, they say Nevermind was the album, the first album to hit number one based on returns. Like everybody got whatever they got for Christmas, and they're like, "No, we're on this new cool thing now. <laughs> we want to, we want really." So it was, yeah. it, there were so many returns that it was. It's like the story now that it was just a bunch of returns. Yeah, and I don't know how like honestly true it is, but apparently that was like in a, for a bunch of retailers, whatever you got for Christmas, people returned it and got Nevermind instead because that's when it was really blowing up. I I had a guy who was it? Somebody recently told me they were like. Nirvana wasn't that good. And they were like, they were like, they were trying to like big league Nirvana. And I can't remember who it was, but I I told them like, oh, they're just, I mean, they're one of the most influential rock bands to ever exist. Like they changed the face of music. They changed the face of pop culture for good. And like the the person was like, "Ah, I think they're just just overrated because Cobain died. And I'm like, dude, I don't think you fucking understand what happened. When Nevermind got released, like yeah. I was one, but, and I know what happened when Nevermind got released. You know what I mean? Well, and that's like a fun—I don't know. Well, not a fun take, but it's like the contrarian take. Oh like, yeah, for sure. It's well, I just think, you know they're like overrated or whatever, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, maybe. I think that's just wanted. something you heard, man. It's like the people who say that the Beatles suck. I'm like, dude, no, yeah. they don't. Like they just right. really don't. <laughs> well, and if you were gonna put it like band to band, Allison Chains is a better band in my estimation than uh than Nirvana is. but it doesn't matter like right like jerry Cantrell. Uh, if you want to talk about guitar proficiency i would imagine that gary uh, jerry Cantrell is a better guitar player than kurt cobain was because cobain by his own admission is not a great guitar player but he put all the stuff together like 
you know, like he had the songwriting and he had the melody and he had the lyrics and he like had the persona, like all of the, to the earlier conversation that we were having, all of that stuff matters. And so, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like are there tech, there are technically better bands than whatever your favorite band. Yeah. Is. But I don't want to listen to Yngwie Malmsteen. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I like, I don't care about Steve Vai. Go house. Like, that's good. That's my next one. Go fuck yourself. Steve Vai. <laughs> yeah, like you, you can play 20,000 notes and not a one of them. Do I give a shit about like, you know, the, the Tom Petty don't bore us. Get to the chorus is like, that is, that's instrumental in the way that I think about it. Like, <laughs> fucking you listen to, uh, to running down a dream there's no fat on that song he just like, yeah he's just like fuck it dude we're three and a half minutes this is this is fine and so i you know and overrated or underrated is now very similar to me than like the sellout uh, oh yeah yeah thank like, well no no nobody green day never sold out they the job is like they want to make money playing music that's the job. It's like, it's like what uh, Lars Ulrich said to somebody when they told him that Metallica sold out. He's like, yeah, we sell out every place we play. Yeah. yeah. And what now you... I own a mountain and a, and yeah. a plane <laughs> yeah. and I can do whatever I want. I will pay you to say we didn't sell out. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> it, like selling out tends to mean that you went against some sort of moralistic belief you had in exchange for money. No, I, I, yeah, the, I, I don't know a single band who's ever been like, no, 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 we would rather not be able to do this. We, I definitely want to keep doing my job that I don't want to do Yeah. Uh, instead. I eventually and, want somebody stupid that I don't believe in to pay me to do a podcast. You right. know what I mean, <laughs> yeah, like I want a me undies commercial on my podcast. Call me, <laughs> please. Yeah. Like I'm uh, for for not for a disturbingly less than you would think amount of money. I would play I would play drums for a band that I do not respect. Yeah. Like <laughs> I would play drums for Huba Stank tomorrow if they called me. I almost jo- oh, yeah. joined a country band for a tour one time. Yeah. I don't like country music. <laughs> right. You're just like, wait, I get to go do all that fun stuff. Yes, I'll be in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't remember uh, branded heart or something like that. <laughs> well, like, like, like Jacob said, uh, I could have enough money to not care about anything ever again. Like Dave Grohl lives whatever life he wants to live. And it sounds awesome. Yeah. Cause and he like, he's genuinely just j- pretty happy about it all he's the time. Like, yeah. Like I get to fucking play with Lemmy and uh, go fuck off and play drums for Queens of the Stone Age for one album. And then I get to go play in my other super successful band. Like, I don't, you know, why does Dave Grohl have to be filled with angst for it I to got, matter? I got to see Motorhead open up for Foo Fighters. And then Lemmy came out during the Foo Fighters set and played that Shake Your Blood song that Probot did. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a pretty good show. Um, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> uh, what, uh, who was also a very good performer from what I hear is the man who had the best-selling album in 1992. It's one it Garth Brooks. Uh, I was going to say it wasn't Diddy again, was it? Garth? Uh, no. It's always, Garth, it's always Garth Brooks. Uh, He's fucking good, man. Like, I told somebody yeah. the other day that Garth Brooks was a really good singer, and they were like, what? Really? He is. He's a yeah. fucking phenomenal singer. Like, 
it, 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 I, I, I like, I like some of his music. I enjoy, you know, but I'm, I'm not going to like buy his albums or get a t-shirt or go to, I, if I got a free ticket, I'd go to a show, but like in terms of like the control of his voice and the little like runs he can do and stuff, I, he doesn't have it as much as he used to, but he is, I mean, he's an old, older guy now, but that's in terms of country singers, there are very few that I put up there with Garth Brooks. Like, boy, he's sold out. Yeah. <laughs> well, and be, be, being able to sing other people's songs that you didn't write seems like it would be very difficult. Right. For me. Mm. Uh, but he's just like, okay. And then he just goes and does it. Oh, yeah. He kills it. That, I think it was Leno had his last show. And uh, he was like, for my last show, I wanted to get my favorite musician to play my favorite song or something like that. And uh, it was Garth Brooks. And he, he played the dance. Oh and yeah, I you know I'd heard the song at many a school dance or whatever you yeah. know like you just hear it in the background, but I'd never actually listened to it until that performance, and it fucking made me cry. And mm-hmm. then I went and bought that CD because I couldn't stream it because Garth Brooks. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he does now, but he he wouldn't get on streaming. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think he's still not. Yeah. I had to go to fucking store and find that first Garth Brooks album, and I bought it, and I listened to the dance like fifty times. I was like. <laughs> This is like one of the most perfectly crafted songs of all time. And the lyrics are so fucking heartfelt and he delivers them so well. Yeah. And it's just like, wow. You know, and I didn't, you know, at the rest of the album, I couldn't listen to it. But, yeah. you know, like that, that I, one song. There's uh, a video tar- online of the guy who wrote the dance singing it. And uh, it's very good, too. Oh, cool. Yeah. At Target, they had a triple live album of Garth Brooks. I don't buy CDs anymore. It's a dead medium. But it's a dead medium. I was like, yeah, to get the eight Garth Brooks songs I really like, I'm gonna go ahead and buy this. Yeah. <laughs> and so this this album, Roping the Wind, could spend a combined 18 <laughs> weeks. <laughs> I know it's so dorky, but it, it it was eight, it was number one for 18 combined weeks. That's it's insane. 14 million copies. <laughs> he definitely made the record label back their money. He, oh, you know, dude, he doesn't time. play anything smaller than a stadium, dude. He yeah. is, he's huge, huge. Uh, it was the first country album to debut at number one on the Billboard 200 in the sound scan era. So back in the oh, day, they wow. they didn't have the they didn't have a way to really track uh, how many albums somebody sold because there was no like centralized thing, from what I understand. And yeah. then they instituted sound scan. Because they used to just call record stores and be like, what do you think's the mo- best selling one? And they were like, well, I don't know, Deep Purple. <laughs> and that's <laughs> how you figured it out. Uh, and so in scout, in scout, that's also why they credit Nevermind getting to number one is because right. they had to actually scan the CDs. And so then they were like, oh, shit, this is selling. Clearly, people are into this. And then well, that's how you get all the grunge bands. Uh, little fat, fun fact, Rope in the Wind, uh, my friend's grandfather my very good friend's grandfather rodeo wrote the biggest song on that album yeah he wrote rodeo yeah and that's a that's a fucking banger song. it is a banger song yeah. it is a banger song um it is about the boots and blood oh god damn yeah bow, bow. he hates that part that i talked to the guy he fucking hates that garth brooks didn't bow, bow on his song but he loves not, the house that he got from the song so <laughs> he also loves Garth Brooks. One. apparently great guy you're not familiar uh, with that song? No. It's a good song. It's it's a rodeo song. 
It's a bulls right. of blood. It's a dust of mud. It's a roar of a Sunday crown. Like it's one of those songs. Like he loves right. his wife, but he loves the rodeo more. Yeah. That's oh, thing. so it's like that Prince song. I love you, baby. Just not like I love my guitar. Yes. Yeah. It's like that other country song that's like uh, the the wife is going to uh, leave him if he goes fishing again. He's like, well, I'm going to miss her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, this this might only work uh well no i think i can explain it well enough there were two vhs movies that couldn't be further apart from each other in terms of uh who they were appealing to that came out the same week uh january 23rd so you could watch the royal rumble on sunday and then that following week you could rent disney's wild hearts can't be broken uh that's which, a good movie yeah uh andrew have you ever seen that movie no i don't think so it's about a girl who works at a like a old timey carnival and she jumps the horse into yeah. the water. That's like her yeah. thing. And she ends uh, up she ends up going blind from it because she has her eyes open when she gets in the water once. And it's heartbreaking. Yeah. So, but then sounds she, hilarious. <laughs> but then she overcomes. And at the end, her, you know, her heart's wild. Can't be broken. She jumps the horse blind and everybody yeah. is impressed. Credits. Yeah. The, the like horse the... has eyes. Is it? God yeah, but it. you have, to, have you seen the? Do you know what? You want to impress about? me? Get behind the wheel, motherfucker! <laughs> oh, that, uh, Eddie Murphy <laughs> talking about uh, Steve, Stevie Wonder. Yeah, it's ha ha, uh, very funny, motherfucker. <laughs> it's in the thirties, so that's oh, what they do so they're stupid. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, but like, do you know what I'm talking about? Where there's a pool of water at the <laughs> so bottom, stupid, and then the, yeah, there's like a wall, and then there's Huh? You, know, you have to climb a ladder with the horse, and then it's like a diving horse into the water. Oh, that's really stupid. Really <laughs> yeah. stupid. Very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's how they entertained themselves back then. But it's just it's you a train a horse movie. to do it, and you fucking sit on it. Like, go so, fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> you do it, motherfucker. Uh, Wild Give me the right be... horse, and I will. <laughs> Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken. Also, that very week, you could rent Jungle Fever if you were interested. <laughs> And uh, Tim Allen, no, it's jungle to jungle dog. <laughs> oh, you mean? Oh, yeah, you're right. Jungle yeah. fever is about the anti race or the, the in, yeah. interracial dating, yeah. The Spike Lee movie, yes. Jungle Fever. Uh, which it, I don't know why, but it just made me laugh that like your, your date the night, could movie. Cons- <laughs> yeah, your date night could consider what'd you bring home from Blockbuster? Well, I got Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken and Jungle Fever. Listen, so, nobody got both of those because that is <laughs> Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken is the widest movie I've ever seen. I've just seen the the poster yeah. and heard it's about a blind girl riding a horse. <laughs> She's not blind the whole time. Whatever. Right. I t- listen, don't. <laughs> I don't need to know any more about this movie. It sucks. The movie an, stinks. An eventual blind girl. <laughs> a soon to be blind girl. Yeah. Uh, and then just for Jacob, I had a little uh, section where the horror movie, the the horror movies of note in 1992 were almost all sequels. There's Candyman, the OG Candyman, yeah, uh, Army of Darkness. Oh, it's a good one. Which I didn't think came out in 92. I thought it came out sooner than that, but I was clearly wrong. Oh, uh, yeah. Alien Three. Oh, great movie. <laughs> Not appreciated upon its release, but luckily people now they yeah. get it. But I've always really liked it. That's uh David Fincher's first yes, uh, yes, studio movie, right? Yeah, it's you know, there's certain movies that just really capture the environment that they're trying to, you know, uh, I guess capture 
<laughs> and that movie really like like it has atmosphere that no other movie has. It's good. And alien dogs. It has a, a dog alien, yeah. And it was yeah. actually a bison uh before the reshoots, and that version is also on DVD now, and that's it's interesting. Yeah. Uh and then Pet Cemetery 2, which I have <gasps> Oh my <laughs> god, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. So it's really, you know, 1992 Eddie, is a banner year. That was Eddie. That was Eddie Furlong's first post Terminator 2 movie. Oh. And it's before, great. Hey, man. He it's about <laughs> a pet cemetery, man. I prefer it to any other pet cemetery movie, even the original. I haven't seen a single one of them. Before he had to steal lobsters. Uh, from, <laughs> he was <laughs> no, freeing them. He was freeing the lobsters. That's what he said afterwards. He was just That's hungry. A, a pretty good excuse. I know. What's he gonna, gonna do? Just, do... Yeah, just give him, give him fifty bucks and put him on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> You're free you now, man. <laughs> uh, I think the Lawnmower Man came out that year too, if I'm not mistaken. It is possible. I just looked up 1992 horror movies because I was trying to find one of your, uh, one of your favorite, one of the favorite franchises, but no, <laughs> they were all dead at that point. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's no like Freddy or Jason movie in 1992. Yeah, this was a year before Jason went to hell. Uh, in a whole then, different world. We're living in a pre-Jason goes to hell world. Yeah, the Lawnmower Man was 1992. Yeah. Well, goddamn. That's like in I, the future. I turned right? two that year. <laughs> or he goes Both virtual. You guys turn like 30. <laughs> hey, I was seven whenever this event happened. This is. <laughs> <laughs> this is pre me breaking my wrist later on in 1992. Oh, so, no, that's when this happened. Yeah, July 92, wrist breaks Hell on yeah. a goddamn jungle gym <laughs> school. <laughs> I broke my face on a jungle gym, so yeah. <laughs> I fell off the monkey bars, and uh, that was it for me. I broke my wrist, I fell out of my treehouse backwards, and I was fine, but then my best friend fell on me. Oh, was it dusty? Yeah, different dusty. God damn it, dusty. yeah, other dusty. Yeah. Well, I want to get the, I want to get other dusty on this on this podcast. That's what a Dustin will do to you, you know. That is true. Well, I don't uh, know. I wonder. I wonder if Dusty's into wrestling. I don't remember if he, he was or not. Yeah, he was. He was into it when he was younger. So I think. I think we yeah. could get him on something similar to getting you. We could get uh, him on uh, WrestleMania Five. Whoop whoop. We could, we could all do it. Then, oh, yeah. then he and I can battle to the death the way that every the way it was always going to end. We're gonna have know? a Dusty on Dusty rap battle. Yeah. What rhymes with Dustin? Crustin, uh, Bustin. I'm gonna be busting all over Dustin. Yeah. Um, a, you know, I, I ran out. Ran out yeah. of rhymes. That's why you don't rap when we do open mic. Night. I live in Tustin. Yeah, that's a place Tuscan. in California. Take Robitussin. Fuck yeah. Ooh, that's why. That's why Jacob's a professional. That is true. I just sing <laughs> yeah. other people's songs. Yeah. Uh. Well. It that sounds like for... sounds like your flow's rusting, Andrew. Fuck! <laughs> oh, I'm just getting just straight up served right now. <laughs> that uh, that does it for all the portions of things that I have for the podcast. So cool, man! Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, Bobby Heenan, we love you very much. We miss you. We will revisit, and we're gonna. Want to, I mean, we're gonna keep talking about wrestling on this podcast. He's a big figure in the history of wrestling, so we're gonna show him a lot. Um, this is now Sunday this week. I have posted, uh, some Bobby Heenan related material. I hope you guys watched that and enjoyed it. Um, next week we have ideas as to what we're going to do, but I don't think we're going to, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll tweet it or whatever. Um, 
follow us on Twitter. Uh, that's not much fun. Uh, follow follow Jacob on everything at Jacob Cotner, uh, C O T N E R. Uh, Jacob with a C because some weirdos spell it with a K. Yeah. Um, and more like Jacob Notner. Fuck yes. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> Jacob not nerd. <laughs> Still got it. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you for listening. We love you guys very much. Um, we lo- we love Bobby Heenan, and uh, I'm glad we got to watch some some. I guess Royal Rumble '92 was fun. Yeah, it's fun. Just it's all right. A lot of screaming. Stupid. <laughs> hey, stupid! Hey, stupid! <laughs> give me a water. <laughs> It was, it was entertaining enough. It yeah. was, it was, yeah, but it did, it did feel like an off night. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like a Tuesday in Minnesota or something, you know, they're just like, come on guys. We, one more day, we get a day off. <laughs> and probably it was what a lot of people yeah. felt. Yeah. We got to play Jeremy one more time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get to go home. D- D- Dusty, you want to do our sign off? Yeah. So uh, thank you everybody. Uh, we are the snark marks. Uh, we will be back next week because kayfabe is dead, but we're alive watching uh, some wrestling next week. So yeah, join be cool. us. Bye. Rest Call in peace, back. Barry White. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>